0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shevanian and Michael Bronner.
1: The opening, kickoff. The opening kickoff. kickoff.
0: Here are Mark, Lee and Michael ladies and gentlemen
2: a good morning happy monday to you it's our monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff mark and lee we're broadcasting from baumhauer's wing fingers here on cottage hill right off of hillcrest come on by and see us grab some breakfast the drive throughs open the lobby is open you can smell the uh, freshly baked biscuits and uh, come get you a gooey grits bowl start the week off right man you will not eat lunch, I guarantee you. I cannot stress this enough. You will not find a better breakfast in the Greater Mobile area than right here at Wingfingers.
3: Fingers. Give me another reason to come out here. We're still taking registration for tickets to the Alabama LSU game. I was amazed when I came in this morning that box is really filling up so much so that the good people here at Wingfingers Fingers had to Do some new registration forms. We have yeah. run out. So you still have an opportunity the way this works keep registering if you want to go to the game and Bob's giving up two of his tickets. He's going to be up there by the way He's being honored along with the 73 championship team. He's coming on uh, later on this morning So he can tell us more about that, but the um, the deal with uh, the ticket giveaway they'll pick a winner Wednesday and we will announce it on Thursday so that's what we've got going right now I also want to mention that We'll have a Chick Fil A giveaway today, Mark, and we'll start qualifying for the Name It contest once again. We have two more winners to announce coming up in the uh, month of November.
2: All right, so we got a lot to get to today. Auburn found its offense. The New Orleans rolled up quite the uh, quite the offensive uh, explosion as well. We'll get to that, and of course, Alabama, LSU. Uh, is going to be a big topic of conversation today. So we are going to talk a little World Series coming up at 6.30 with Bernie Carbo. Uh, Bob Baumhauer will be along in our number one as well. We'll do our John Chetty Millerite golf report. Uh, Bill Cameron on Auburn. Uh, Dean Waite. I think we're going to have to uh, – there was so much going on, I think we're going to have to give it a day or so and let that marinate. So he's going to join us a little bit later in the week. Craig Stevenson. Man, Lee, when we were picking the South game on Friday – I even said, I, I was rolling with them. I said, this has been a roller coaster uh, season. They're they're up and they're down. They're up and they're down. So they're coming off the up. And I said, do I stay with them for another week and continue on that upswing? And I did. And it bit me in the posterior because I hit it on the downswing. And uh,
3: tough loss. Uh, turnovers the, just killing them. Tougher than maybe expected because if, in fact, Carter Bradley, Who had to leave the game late in the game with a knee injury I don't know his status maybe Craig can update us at 830 they have a short turnaround with Troy on the schedule and right now where maybe when the season began we were looking perhaps at challenging for Western Division honors right now you're looking at can they get to a bowl game they're four and four and Troy's gonna be tough they haven't beaten them in what five or six years they're tough Troy's hosting so there's like um, four more games to go they got to win at least two of them Very disappointing loss with the five turnovers. Auburn, I don't know where that came from. (laughs) I started watching this game and I thought it was watching Cam Newton or or Ben Laird or uh, Stan White. Where in the heck did this come from? Hugh Freeze says, before the week was out, he said, I'm gonna let them play loose and and have fun. Well, why didn't he do that at the outset? Uh, Stay with your quarterback. Why all of a sudden, this late into the season? So Auburn gets the win that I thought they had to have to at least be in a position to get to a bowl game they're at vanderbilt next week we'll see if they can be consistent and still continue on but yesterday in the nfl a tough day for quarterbacks four quarterbacks had to leave the game kenny pickett of pittsburgh matthew stafford of the rams kirk cousins and they think he may have torn an achilles and then the fourth was Tyroid uh, taylor for the giants he did not get back in that game. That game went overtime. Listen to this stat. It just blew me away. The Giants lost to the Jets in overtime 13-10. to 10. The Giants, in passing, had a minus nine. Think about that. Well, a, minus, a minus nine. The last time that happened, I can't even remember. It, it, it happened maybe in the year 2000, a team that, with a, a pathetic passing performance like that. Uh, Mark, some updates on Michigan where we would be without Michigan these days so I picked up a couple of things over the weekend the latest being and these are just reports now I can't confirm them that the school reportedly has rescinded a contract extension that was on the table for Jim Harbaugh this was to give him a very substantial raise and it's also being reported by in rapapur that and, and this one I'm really not sure I don't know how I don't understand this so much that if harbaugh decided to leave michigan after this year for an nfl job he could still be required to serve some or all of a potential ncaa suspension Now, i wouldn't think that would apply to the nfl i guess that would apply if he decided to come back and coach with the uh, in you know the college ranks now the other story that broke this weekend there was a unnamed Division three football coach, and when I say a name, obviously we don't have his name, claims he was compensated. <laughs> thank you,
2: thank you for success, I want to be sure about
3: that. Claims he was compensated by Connor Stallions to record future Michigan opponents and then share the information on an iPhone photo album. Coach says he attended three different football games, uh, obviously with uh, games that Michigan had opponents coming up, and he received complimentary tickets and some money complimentary tickets yeah that's why well, he was given the tickets i'm sure by connor stallions because we know that he was pretty good at getting tickets to games so that's the latest on michigan all right
2: quickly we're getting some calls uh off the air wanting to know when, how long can uh how long is registration available for those tickets well, at least through wednesday so you can come by day or night whenever they're open and come to the register and uh put your name in the box we, uh, as much as we'd love to see you this morning between 6 and 9, if you can't make it here between 6 and 9, you can come by whenever. Come on by for lunch, grab some wings, grab some uh, hot lips, whatever. Come by for dinner, it doesn't matter. Uh, just come on by is uh, whenever they're open, and you can come by between now and the time and Wednesday and uh, register for those tapes.
3: If you don't win, we'll still keep your name in the box. There's one more home game, uh, and that's the next-to-last regular season game, so you'd still be eligible for that. But obviously, there's a lot of interest in the LSU-Alabama game, and of course, we'll be previewing that game all during the week with our meet reporters, some play-by-play announcers and things like that. But that box is filling up. Um, uh, Again, we had to get new registration forms.
2: Mark. Yeah, it's it's uh it's gonna be the it's gonna be the game of the week. All right, so I got a question for you. Um, Kansas beats Oklahoma. Oklahoma beat Texas. Is Kansas better than Alabama? Yes.
3: <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I I have to take tomorrow off because of a medical issue, but. As I, I'm trying to, in my mind, and, and it's going to be a topic of conversation bef- because the uh, college football playoff poll, the first one, comes out Tuesday night. And everybody's speculating. And I'm I'm going with these four, but not necessarily in the order. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State. Those are my four that I'm guessing. That's not my four. That's what I'm guessing, the committee. But I'm not going in that order. It wouldn't surprise me if Ohio State's number one either Michigan or Georgia number two and maybe Florida State four there's also uh, Washington is looking in there they've had some close calls Oregon had a nice game against Utah that was a really big win to go on the road because Utah had this amazing winning streak at home that obviously you know has to you know look good in the minds of this 13 member committee but and I and I think I'm pretty sure Alabama will be in the top ten, maybe what seven, eight, nine, something like that. I'm pretty sure, but uh, yeah, the list of unbeaten teams as far as the Power Five dwindled a little bit with Oklahoma getting beat. Did you see Southern Cal again? I and mean, they're not in the mix now. But did you see another close call? California almost beat them, and then uh, USC won it at the end of the game, like what fifty to forty-eight.
2: Yeah, there was some wild stuff. I mean, there were they scored ninety-nine points in that game. Think about that,
3: man. Ninety-nine points, uh, and, and that's the way. That's the same California team <laughs> that played Auburn this year. What was that, like, thirteen to ten or something like that? <laughs> and they scored 40, 48 points on Southern Cal. It was fourteen to ten. They, they played. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Clemson lost another game. North Carolina. Do they? I'm trying to remember what happened with them this weekend, uh, but. But Clemson, gosh, how bad! They they were the pick of some to go to the Final Four this year, and they're having a basically a so-so 500 season right now. North Carolina
2: lost to Georgia Tech. I thought I saw that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was there were some. It wasn't a great weekend for college football, but there were some intriguing storylines. Uh, Steve Smith and got into it with uh, Steve Smith Senior got into it with. Uh, well, not really, but he he called NC State a basketball school. They're waiting for basketball to start. NC State turned around and won, so uh, he clapped back at Steve Smith. J- uh, Kirby Smart had some very uh, cho- had some words for Dan Mullen because Dan Mullen picked Florida to beat Georgia. Georgia goes out there and dominates Florida, and say so he talked about how I thought that we were supposed to be friends, but but Dan Mullen didn't like to Dan Mullen didn't like to recruit anyway. Like, there's just a. There's a lot of first of all yapping back and Dave forth this Doran
3: week. who I first met when he was coaching in the Mac I don't remember which school he was at so what all right so so Stephen Smith as a guest on uh, the ESPN gave me so he makes a comment like that. Dave doran has got better things to do than worry about what somebody says that they're a basketball school. How many times do people call Kentucky a basketball school, right? And, you know, sometimes the coach will say, well, you know, we got a pretty good football team. But to use the language he did, like, he took it so personal. Like, come on, Dave, you got better things to do. Um, and as far as uh, Kirby Smart, I was really surprised at that because... That's what that's what these guys do. They, they, they make picks and obviously Dan Mullen fa- you know, is going to favor Florida. I mean, that's where he coached. So you would guess that he's going to probably pick them. Who cares what he says and why is Kirby Smart so concerned about it?
2: All right, so those are just some of the things that we're going to talk about today. Like I said, uh, like Lee mentioned, we have some Chick-a-lay, Chick-a-lay, Chick-a-lay. We have some Chick-fil-A for you. Uh, we'll do that early this morning, and then of course we'll get you qualified for the Alec Name and Catering party with some, uh, with another round of naming it. We're starting all over uh, today. All right, so let's get you started with a scoreboard, traffic, and weather. Come on by and uh, say hi. Ha- grab some breakfast. Uh, if there's any uh, honey left in the building, if Lee doesn't eat it all, come check out the honey chicken biscuit, man. It's uh, it's uh, it's good stuff over here. And of course, you can make any breakfast a combo with some uh, a cup of coffee and some tots as well. It's the Monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee from the Sports Station WNSP and WNSP.com. Stay with us.
4: Hi, this is Luis Gonzalez, former South Alabama Jaguar and
0: Major League player. You're listening to WNSP Mobile.
3: along to that one, don't you? I really like that song. You know, a lot of times that, uh, if I could sing, I would, but I don't have your voice, Mark, and I admit it. I I take a back seat to you. You know, and again, come on out, register for Alabama LSU tickets at Wing Fingers, only at the Wing Fingers at Cottage Hill and Hillcrest. You know, I'm going to nominate, because a lot of times you always get into that, who had the worst weekend. Okay. All right? Yeah. My first nominee is Shador Sanders, Colorado. Okay. All right. They lost to UCLA. He got sacked 7 times. Yikes. He got hit 17 times and knocked down 13 times. Sounds like a boxer. Well, I, yes, yes, he
2: but is he the worst? Did he have the worst weekend of the t- in the on the team? Because Dion Sanders, after the game, was asked about the offensive line struggles. And he said, and I quote, the big picture, you go get new linemen. That's the picture, and I'm going to paint it perfectly. I mean, this is a guy that says if you don't do your job, it sounds like he ain't all that thrilled about developing you. He's just going to toss you off to the side, go to the portal, and get some new linemen. So yes, Shador had a, an incredibly rough outing. But how you feel right now, it, uh, if you're an offensive lineman on that team, your coach goes into the post game and says, "Yeah, we'll we'll just
3: uh we're just gonna go get some new linemen." Well, obviously they can't be too happy about that. But come on, who got the aches and the pains? Who got beat up? <laughs> it's like the quarterback's the one who got beat up in the game. I'm trying to think of a coach that had a. The really question though I have is
2: if. If, if it was the other way around, if Shador just had a terrible game, like the alignment protected him, if he just threw like five interceptions and fumbled twice and someone asked him about struggling quarterback play, would you think Deion Sanders would have said, um, the big picture, you just go get a new quarterback. That's the picture, and I'm going to paint it perfectly.
3: Speaking of the Sanders, wasn't his brother tossed from this game yes. for targeting? Yes. So it wasn't – Let's. I guess we could put the whole framework around the Sanders family. It wasn't a really good week yeah. for the Sanders family. And, of course, they got beat by uh, UCLA. Any coaches that? well, and, again, I mentioned about the Giants, minus nine passing. Obviously, Brian Dable, the, the head coach, that's pretty miserable. I, you get up there before the, the media – he lose to the Jets. Cross, well, they're not cross town in New York anymore. They all play in New Jersey. Uh, coach, how do you explain minus nine yards passing? Uh, I don't know. I was <laughs> like, that's incredible.
2: What about, uh, I, I, I might even put, miss, first of all, cool, congratulations to Auburn. Offense finally woke up. Thrilled. Interestingly enough, by the way. I think, didn't we talk about it, Michael? Jump in. You might, you might be able to refresh our memory. Wasn't he over under like 40 and a half or 41 and a half or That's something? That's what you said. And and it came in at 40, but Auburn scored 27. And in as his, in his good as that was, and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for him, how do you feel if you're Mississippi State right now? I mean, this was an inept offense at Auburn that you just let roll up some serious yardage and score a bunch of
3: points on you. They would have had to produce a defense that when they went to Arkansas that held Arkansas to three I mean quite frankly I mean going see that's why I was telling somebody yesterday you can't go I I feel you can't go what happened last week or two weeks ago because Arkansas obviously had a better quarterback than Auburn does and supposedly a better offense they were held to three points at home and then here's Auburn. They come out and they got, what, three touchdown passes and they're doing things they hadn't done all year. And I don't know if they totally threw Mississippi State off guard or just what happened. Now, their offense went to sleep in the second half. They, I think they only produced a field goal. They weren't really doing much in the second half. But the game was pretty well won going in, you know, into the fourth quarter. And kudos to Auburn, the question I have now. Then you go to Vanderbilt. Can you continue the, uh, the situation? So you're saying more of the uh, – is Bad it time for Jay Arnett, the head coach of Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean okay. how,
2: how do you let how do you let an Auburn offense that has struggled to move the ball,
3: much less score points, go off for twenty seven? Um I can't, I can't figure it out, and that's why I'm saying you can't go back on what happened the week before. The fact that Auburn was terrible on offense. Our, our good friend there at AL.com, Matt, you see what Matt Cohen gave the offense an A minus. Usually he's giving him Fs and Ds. Yeah,
2: well, uh, it was it was an impressive showing for them. It was an impressive showing for the Saints. Look, um, I don't, I still don't know what's going on between. Derek Carr and Chris Olave, like they, they can't seem to get on the same page. But Shahid had a, a, an unbelievable ball game. Taysom Hill uh, continues to rack up. Michael Thomas is not really all that involved, but they move the ball up and down the, the the field, which they've been doing the last few weeks. The difference was they scored when they got into the red zone.
3: All right, let's get back to Olave though, because <laughs> that one pass that Carr he had him wide open, yeah. touchdown all the way, and the announcers were trying to be kind. The ball hit Alavi in the helmet. It actually hit his helmet. And they were saying, well, maybe he lost it in the lights or whatever. I don't know. But they were trying to make excuses. Now, remember, you're playing in the daytime. I don't know what effect the lights have it. Or I know it's a dome stadium and so forth. But And then and then the next play, he comes back and over, he shoots it over his head. He, he fires yeah. it. So they had twice they had Alavi open. And I'm starting to wonder, too, because we've talked about that, the friction between uh, Carr and Alavi going back a week or two. But, um, you know, it was nice to see the Saints get out there and score some points. It was a wild game. I didn't expect it to be like that, a shootout between these two
2: teams. It was almost like Derek Carr got mad at him for missing the first one, so he just overthrew him on purpose. I'm not saying – I'm not suggesting that's what happened, but it just kind of – that's kind of what it feels like. It's like – as is, is, is talented as he is, and I'm talking about Alave, they just can't seem to get on the same page. And at some point, when they get into this red zone, they bring Taysom in, they bring that big D lineman in. I'm really, I'm, I felt like they got called for a pre-snap penalty, but I feel like they're going to hand it to him. I feel like there's going to be this resurgence of Refrigerator Perry. Right? At some point, they're going to give it to him. And then, huge play, Taysom throws that ball up. They initially ruled it an interception, 44-yard completion. They initially called it interception. They went to the replay. Ty goes to the, uh, to the offense. They they made it a completion. That, I thought, was a huge play. But I tell you what, if Taysom can throw it down the field a little bit, it makes his snaps at uh, quarterback that much more uh, successful. I saw a weird stat. I'm going to get it wrong because I don't have it in front of me. But in games where he gets more than seven carries, they're like 15-1 and one or something ridiculous. I saw... Uh, so, another good win for the Saints, tied for first. Yeah, it's just brutal, tied for first with Atlanta. Hey, come on by Wing Fingers here on Cottage Hill Road, Mobile, offering a full pound of wings with fries and drink for only eight ninety nine. So if you can't come by for breakfast, and we hope you do, come on by for lunch or dinner, and come check out some of the great deals here at Wing Fingers. Our Monday morning quarterback coming up next, Bernie Carbo is set to join us, and a chance for you for some fr- to win some fried deliciousness right here on the Sports Station WNSP.
3: Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. Suddenly I need
5: waffle fries in front of me. 6.32,
2: welcome back in. You hear the music that can only mean one thing on this Monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff. Lee Shervanian, what do you have for the fine folks
3: this morning? All right, this one is based on the World Series. Tonight it's game three. They're tied at one. They go to Arizona tonight. Game one, one of the more exciting World Series games in recent years was won by Texas 6-5. They were down 5-3 in the ninth. Sager hit a two-run home run to tie it. And in the 11th inning, Adolis Garcia, who's had the hot bat, hit a walk-off home run. For your Chick-fil-A, name the last player who hit a walk-off home run in a World Series game. And I'll give you a hint: the game went 18 innings. The last player to hit a walk-off home run in the uh, in a World has to be a World Series game. And then you get that Chick-fil-A. Speaking about World Series, brings to mind Bernie Carbo, our good friend up there in North Carolina. Bernie, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you
0: today? I'm doing great, Mark and Lee. I'm so happy to be uh, in Mobile, Alabama on your station. So thank you for having me. So when
3: I was watching the Texas win, it flashed to me the fact that Sager hits a two-run home run To get the game in extra innings, it reminded me of that famous home run you hit, although your home run to tie the game was overshadowed by Carlton Fisk with the home run in extra innings to beat Cincinnati, but they would have never gotten to that point had you not hit that three-run home run in the eighth inning. Did you think about that when you were watching the game? Did it come to mind?
0: No, I, I just it didn't come to mind whatsoever. And then you called me up and we were talking. He said, "Hey, I'm going to take you back to 1975. What do you think about uh, what happened in this game?" And I went, "Oh wow, <laughs> yeah." I put Carlton Fisk in the Hall of Fame, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't think about it till you called me and I said, "Wow, that's pretty close to what happened." Yes, Corey Seager, of course, hitting a home run and then. Garcia hitting that home run, and, you know, it was a, a great game. It was exciting. Probably it was, I hope they don't say it's the greatest game ever played. i talked to one of my friends. he's no, no, game 675 is the greatest game. Yeah.
3: All right, Bernie, let me ask you this. Uh, do you have a dog on the hunt, Texas or Arizona? Does it matter? Are you interested in the World Series?
0: Yes, I really am. I, I love the Texas Rangers. Uh, I want to boo for them. I think they have a great team and great pitching and a great manager and stuff like that. But uh, I would, I really wanted Atlanta Braves to be in it, of course, or maybe even the Dodgers. But uh, even I wanted, really, the Baltimore Orioles to be in it also. Uh, you know, you get those days off, you get the bye, and it's about five days, and it's, uh, they just couldn't come back and win. Philadelphia, of course, beat them, and Baltimore lost. But those were my two teams that I really, you know, Baltimore Orioles, chief. Uh, you know they won 100 games, and of course the Dodgers won a lot of games too. But those were the ones I really wanted to see play.
3: All right. Since you brought that up, we, we mentioned many times that the teams with the best records during the regular season were eliminated uh, in in the wild card or the first uh, three best three out of five. Do you think baseball will change the format now to not give teams a bye? So is that – what do you think? What do you think should be done so to preserve some of those teams with the better records?
0: I think that the teams are in the first place play the worst teams, and then everybody plays. No more buys. You, you, you can't take five days off. You think it's going to help you. You think it's going to have rest. It's going to rest your pitching staff and everything like that. But you got to keep playing baseball. You, you have to keep playing. That's what we do. We play 162 games, you know. You know, it's what we do, and we can't take days off, and it it doesn't help you uh, maybe in football because of injuries or whatever. But, uh, no, I like to see the format change. I want to see everybody playing uh, the best plays the worst and and then move it on and and get the championship. And I think you would see uh, some of your top teams in in, in the championship that, uh, you know, Baltimore Orioles won 100 games, and Atlanta Braves won 104 games. So 104 games and you're not in the World Series, and you win 100 games, you're not in the World Series. That's, uh, that's kind of sad.
3: It really is. Oh, Bernie, you told me you're going to be coming back to Mobile for a baseball clinic. Where are you going to
0: be this time? We're going to be at University of Mobile uh, College in June when the baseball season over. Uh, we were going to have a great time there it's a great ballpark and a great history uh, it's a, it's a it's a beautiful place so we're going to be there in June uh, we're looking really looking forward to it it's gonna be my 25th anniversary of having that ball, uh, having my fantasy camp uh, of course we always had it at Hank Aaron Stadium University of South Alabama and uh, we're over in um, Pensacola when I was coaching there, but yeah, June, we're looking, really looking forward to my 25th anniversary.
3: Bernie, appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the rest of the World Series. Hope we get games like Game 1 instead of like Game 2, which was 9-1 to one Arizona. So, and I hope it goes 7, but we'll be in touch.
0: Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, and I miss you guys, and uh, Yeah, game one was probably one. It was a great game. Thank you for calling me. I miss Mobile, Alabama. I can't wait to get there in June. See everybody.
3: One of the World Series heroes of yesteryear, Mr. Bernie Carbo. Mark, I should have asked you this. It's probably not fair. But speaking about the University of Mobile, kind of an announcement.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, so this, uh, this time next week, we'll be broadcasting fr- in Air Sports 1 from the University of South Alabama as the uh, Jags and the University of Mobile open the basketball season. So we will be on campus uh, in Air Sports 1 next week uh, to uh, preview a little hoops. We'll have a lot to talk about that day, obviously, as we are coming off the Alabama-LSU uh, game. But uh, really excited to get out to South. We did this a few years ago for football. Um, We were out there uh, prior to a game. So we're going to go out there uh, prior to the start. It's a doubleheader, men's, women's doubleheader next Monday, University of Mobile and South Alabama. So if you're on campus, come on by and see us. We'll get some details. But uh, really looking forward to talking with Richie in person.
3: We'll have to get him out there and uh, and previewing the basketball. So it should be a lot of fun. And, and next Monday is Kane Olmick's day to be with us, too. It would be great to have him in person because he Maybe joins just, us every yeah, other week. He'll just swing on by. I like it. Hope they um, get a win over Troy. Speaking about basketball, because believe it or not, next week it really cranks up. But Alabama went to Wake Forest for a charity exhibition game. They got beat. I understand Auburn had a... Uh, preseason game and they beat Furman uh, this past weekend so and I think I think Mobile and Spring Hill I think Mobile's already started and I know Spring Hill's going to be starting up next week also so here we are getting into the nitty gritty of football a lot of football games to be played the list of unbeaten teams dwindling a bit which obviously is going to help the SEC at least getting Georgia and or Alabama maybe into the uh, Final Four But right now, you brought up the point about Oklahoma losing, so that means there's no undefeated team in the Big 12. And then you start thinking, well, you know, that's a league that's been kind of – well, TCU obviously, you know, got there last year, but uh, could a once-beaten Texas or a once-beaten Oklahoma get into there and then as opposed to maybe a once-beaten Alabama – these are questions we raise all during the week and talk about it all the time until we're blue in the face.
2: Yeah, I think uh, from, first of all, Kansas, uh, losing to Kansas is devastating. Just devastating to if you're Oklahoma. I think the Big 12's best shot at this point is if Alabama continues to win, runs the table. Texas runs the table. I think that quality win against Alabama, assuming some other things happen, I think that would be in Big 12's best interest. I think that's Big 12's best path to the college football playoff at this point. Um, I think I think Georgia is going to wind up being number one on Tuesday. Uh, See, uh,
3: not funny that on the the, uh, the the commentators on the college football final, none of them had Georgia at number one. They had Ohio State. Yeah, and then you had Georgia. I, I can't remember if it was two or three. And again, here's here's the criteria. Do you go on just what's happened this year, and they point to Georgia's yeah lukewarm schedule of course Michigan hasn't played anybody either so that's what they're always that's why they feel Ohio State will be the yeah. number 1 team that's going to be intriguing on uh, Tuesday I night I do th- I do think there's going to be some recency
2: bias there I do think I think those guys will look at what George done here recently in the last couple of weeks couple three weeks I know Brock Bowers has been a big topic conversation clearly they didn't miss him got the big win over the weekend I do think I think there'll be one I think Ohio State will be two I think Florida State will probably be three, and I think they're going to drop Michigan to four based on all this outside noise. I really do, um, and so I think that's at least that's probably. I shouldn't say that's what I think they should do. I think that's what I would do. Um, I was hesitant early about putting Georgia number one, but I think they've done enough to to have that number one ranking, uh, at least here in the in the first in the first reveal. Um, I love what Oregon's doing, man. I, that Washington-Oregon dynamic in the Pac-12
3: I think is going to be really fun to watch tomorrow as well. I did not see Oregon doing what they did to Utah. Utah is very tough to beat at home. They had a long winning streak. I didn't, it's not that I didn't think Oregon could win. It's how they did it. What was the final? Something like 35-6 to six or something like that? I, I, I lost track of the score, but Oregon really, really looked good. And Washington stays undefeated, but again, Washington was tested again, so that may keep them out of the four. I think the best thing for the SEC would be somehow, someway, somebody beats Florida State because nobody else from the ACC has a chance. Yeah. So somebody has got to beat Florida State. Get them out of the way. That only leaves you the Big Ten to deal with and maybe the Pac-12 and maybe the uh, Big 12. <laughs>
2: <laughs> as far as, and, and and the and only it, thing you have to deal with is this one, well, and maybe at, this one. Well, I'm, and trying, maybe to, this I'm one.
3: trying to streamline it and get it down to four conferences instead of five so it doesn't leave you that team out there. That well, if Florida State's undefeated, obviously they're going to go to the uh, the final four. And and what we're referring to is Alabama if they beat Georgia, then if they're in a mix with five teams, and you pointed out if Texas. Beats Oklahoma or anybody else in the Big 12 championship game, then you got to give them the edge because they beat Alabama.
2: Yeah, so I guess the, the flip side of my argument. By the way, Oregon beat uh, Utah 35-6. The uh, I guess the other. I guess if you're Alabama, you really need Texas to win, win big, and win out the rest of the way. Uh, just mu- much like Texas needs Alabama to kind of run the table. Um, I do think if you're talking about two team conferences right now. Uh, making runs at college football you got to give the big ten the 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 uh, the edge right now right they've got a better chance of getting two teams in than the SEC uh, I would have to believe all right we'll continue to talk about it uh, we'll remind you to come on by and see us here at a wing fingers they got plenty of great breakfast in fact guys I've said it for a while might be some of the best breakfast in the area you need to come by and check it out if you haven't had a chance yet um, you can enjoy one of the Koneka Egg and Cheese Biscuits or how about the Jimmy Dean Egg and Cheese Biscuit. Both served on a lightly buttered fresh buttermilk biscuit with melted cheese, just $4.49. You can make any breakfast combo a meal with 12-ounce coffee and Tater Tots for an additional $2.49. Come on by and see us. We're at Wing Fingers right here on Cottage Hill right off Hillcrest. When we come back, we'll uh, talk with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bob Baumhauer. Stay with us right here on the Monday Morning Quarterback Edition of the opening kickoff. It's Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP.
0: Hi, this is Juan Pierre, former South Alabama Jaguar, former MLB player, and you're listening to WNSP. Some
1: more misdirection. Tua slinging it to the end zone. It's caught. Tyreek Hill
2: Brilliant pass from Tua All right, 6.50 Welcome back in We're wrapping up hour number one of a busy Monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff Come on by and see us at Baumhauer's Wing Fingers right here On Cottage Hill off of Hillcrest Come grab some of the great breakfast items Really all fresh it's unbelievable. You know how I feel about the Gooey Grits Bowl. It's top of the home-style grits, bacon, homemade gooey cheese, a biscuit, and just for fun, they top it with two freshly cracked eggs, only six ninety-nine. You can skip lunch. I can almost guarantee it.
3: Wow, you, you did a better job. I wonder if Bob Baumhauer could do a better job selling wing fingers than what Mark did. Bob, what do you think?
6: Well, you know what? I was just thinking about that, Lee, because listening to Mark, um, uh, Les and I have been on the road off and on lately, and and got breakfast in a couple of places, and uh, and it's interesting because what what Mark's talking about, we've done things at uh, wing fingers that make a difference, and and as far as breakfast is concerned, first off we use fresh cracked eggs. We don't use some kind of egg dry egg mix and make the you know the little folded. Uh, yellow patties or whatever that some folks use, we use over a three-ounce sausage patty from Jimmy Dean. Sage Sausage. We use Koneka Sausage, and we use a really, really good applewood smoked uh, bacon thick cut um, for um, all of our bacon needs, especially the uh, bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. And then what he's talking about as far as the gooey grid bowl we're using the same cheese sauce we use at bomb mm-hmm. and that and we don't buy that we make that it's real cheese and we, we cook it down and add what we need to add it to it to make it a sauce I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you all the ingredients although whole milk is part of that uh, <laughs> recipe and, and and but it makes a difference and and um. You know, the, that Mobile location is just a great place to stop in and get a, 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 either the a Gooey Grit Bowl or, or the uh, or one of those biscuits. And, you know, I don't usually do what I'm doing right now, but Mark led it off so well I had to follow his lead. I don't think I did as good a job this but
3: No, Mark um, did a great job. All right, but what Mark is also, <laughs> uh, we've been talking about registering for two tickets. The, the, the box here is almost filled to the top. Obviously, there's people there who want to go to this game. Are you going to the Alabama LSU game?
6: Yes, sir. Um, they're honoring the uh, national championship team from '73, and while I was just a you know a, a lowly you know rookie freshman that year, um, I was asked to come as well. So I'm going to go there and see all my old teammates. And um, it was a great team, undefeated. Uh, that was uh, back in the day when AP and uh, UPI, you know, were the two main uh, uh, new services that picked the national championship teams, and uh, uh, I'm excited to see all my old buddies. So you,
3: freshmen didn't play then, or did they? back? I don't remember that. No, were they yeah, allowed? that
6: was the first year, but I didn't play. I was actually an offensive lineman that year, right? and I, I did not like it. Uh, <laughs> and then I asked to be moved to defense after my freshman year, and, and Coach Bryant, and Coach Donahue allowed me to – they gave me a shot at defense that spring, that following spring, and then I played defense ever, you know. And in Alabama, I was really more of a defensive end, and then, you know, when I moved to, uh, went to the Dolphins, he made me a nose. And I played nose uh, every play of my career for 10 years. So not my freshman year, though, I was an offensive lineman.
3: I did not know that. How do you approach yeah, a coach like Bear mm-hmm. Bryant and tell him you want to change positions?
6: You don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I told, and, and i tell you who I was talking to. I was talking to, you remember Curly Hallman? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Curly was a, was, an, was a, I think he was a student assistant or a, a graduate assistant coaching the uh, freshman team, and him, a guy named Marvin Barrett I approached them, and then they approached a guy named Coach Griska, and I think Coach Griska took it from there and went to Coach Donahue and Coach Bryant. All right, Curry Holman, Holman was uh, part of that.
3: I know you got friends, uh, former well, A.J. Duhey, your former Miami Dolphin, big-time LSU player. So, what's your pre? What do what you? What are you looking for Saturday? You want to give us a prediction, a preview? Give us our first preview yeah, of
6: LSU Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and what I think Coach, Coach Saban is going to work on more than anything else is having the players engaged from the start. And I'm um, just talking to different folks. I, I, I hear this from different teams, different coaches. The, the NIL and all the movement and all the above has made it that much tougher to get um, to get the coaches to be able to get the players to be where they need to be mentally game-to-game and, uh, and even in year-to-year actually and so that's a big challenge uh, When you play in a team like LSU You wouldn't think that would be a, an issue, but it was an issue with Tennessee So I think that the approach is going to be you know do everything they can to take LSU uh, Very seriously respect their uh, capabilities right from the get-go and then try to finish strong in the fourth quarter and so right. I think if Alabama does that, I think they'll beat LSU. If they are a little herky-jerky mentally, like they have been off and on this year, it's going to be a heck of a game. And, you know, LSU can beat Alabama in, in Tuscaloosa. That, that rivalry, if you pay attention to that rivalry, the location doesn't matter. I think sometimes Alabama actually plays better in Baton Rouge than they do in, uh, in Tuscaloosa
3: before I let you go I have a hypothetical question for you I'm going to take your two best your two teams you played with which team has a better chance to win a title Alabama in college to get to the national championship game or your pro team the Miami Dolphins to get to the Super Bowl and I'm saying to gotta, get to there
6: yeah I gotta tell you both of them both of them do I mean, uh, even though I, you know, my, Miami still has a tendency to get a little sloppy once in a while, like the fourth quarter, they're playing really well defensively. They don't get enough credit for that because of what a great job Tua and the offense are doing. But they got a pretty darn well balanced team. They're running the ball better. And then Alabama is getting better every week. You know, the second half of that Tennessee game, again, was a big, big milestone for them so they can both win out i mean as far as getting to the championship i'm not going to say miami's going to win out but um they can both do what they need to do to get there so it's going to be interesting it's fun for me it's fun for guys like me um to watch both those teams
2: bob great stuff man as always we really do appreciate you opening your uh, doors to us it's always a great time and uh, i will try to keep uh, lee from stuffing the uh, the registration box with his own name.
6: alright <laughs> you okay. All right. Y'all have a great week. Good
2: morning. Hey, man. To thank you. you. Yep. That's Bob Baumhauer, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Coming up in hour number two, we'll do our Miller Lite golf report. Uh, John Rachetti's is going to join us. Uh, St. Michael head coach Philip Rivers is expected to join us as well by phone. We'll talk uh, some Auburn with Bill Cameron. And uh, in hour number three, my colleague over at AL.com, Craig Stevenson, he'll join us. We'll talk about. What is ailing the Jags? Although I could, uh, I could sum it up in one word: turnovers. We often talk about this roller coaster ride the Jags are on, man. And you know, going into the, into the weekend, we picked that game, and we were questioning, what, you know, they're at a high right now, and it's on this peak. And do I continue? Do we continue to roll with them, or do they? Does that roller coaster hit the downswing? And well, it hit the downswing. All right, come on by and see us at Baumhauer's Wing Fingers here on Cottage Hill, right off of Hillcrest. Get registered for those Alabama LSU tickets. If you can't come by during the broadcast, the registration box is right there at the register. We'll be there until through Wednesday. We'll go pick a winner. We'll announce that winner on Thursday. Two tickets to Alabama LSU. Doesn't get much better than that. Hour number one in the books. Here comes hour number two. It's the Monday Morning Quarterback edition of the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Better for radio than just visualizing Lee Shervanian um, chair dancing on a Monday morning I'm here to at Wingfingers
3: biscuit with the uh, honey. That's how yeah. I'm trying to work it off. I'm
2: surprised there's any honey left in the building, quite yeah. frankly. Welcome back in. It's our Monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff. Uh, Mark and Lee were at Baumhauer's Wingfingers here on Cottage Hill, right off Hillcrest. Come on by and see us. Uh, they got a great lunch. I mean, a great breakfast menu. And if you can't get here, lunch and dinner menus are great. Uh, and get registered for those Alabama LSU tickets. The registration box is right here at the register. It'll be here through Wednesday. They're going to pick a winner Wednesday. We'll announce it on air Thursday.
3: All right, since we had Chuck Berry leading into Johnny be Good, that's John Ricchetti with the Miller Lite Golf Report. Johnny, when we left you Friday, you said there really wasn't much going on this weekend. Any update?
7: Well, you know, the world of golf kind of quiet. I knew the Qatar Masters was uh, being played over in, Avi Dabi and uh, Valamaki wins there. But uh, other than that, the PJ Tour was off. But the PJ Tour will be back in action this weekend at the uh, World Technology Championship down in Cabo St. Lucas in Mexico on uh, ta- on, uh, on a golf course designed by Tiger Woods. It'll be the first time the PJ Tour will play on a golf course that was designed by Tiger Woods. That'll go on this weekend. It's got a great, great field. So. Uh, We should be back uh, into some stories in the world of golf definitely this week. Also, uh, we had the Steelwood Intercollegiate Golf Championships this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, where the players played 36 holes on Saturday, 18 holes on Sunday. Congratulations to uh, one of the top-ranked teams in the country, the University of Alabama men's golf team, for winning that championship this weekend at Steelwood. And a tournament that was under a lot of good reviews by all the players and coaches that participated in that event. So, kind of quiet in the world of golf, but things will, as I mentioned, will wrap up this week. Uh, we'll be on the air tonight at 6 o'clock, live from Ruth Chris Steakhouse. So, uh, come on and join us or uh, tune in. Should be a great show
3: all right johnny we appreciate it uh talk to you on friday some of the other headlines rough day for nfl quarterbacks yesterday four of them had to leave the game due to injuries Uh, stafford for the rams they got clobbered Uh, minnesota won but cousins and they're concerned that he may have an achilles uh, tear so they'll find out more today Uh, taylor for the giants left the game they wound up with minus nine yards passing and their loss to the jets and let's see who was the uh, fourth when they had four quarterbacks the other was Pinkett for uh, Kenny Pickett for Pittsburgh had to leave the game and and they lost their game interesting that will Levis remember we talked about him mark Kentucky gonna be a first-round draft pick and he hadn't played he hadn't started and they started him yesterday four touchdown passes which ties like a a record for a rookie quarterback held by about two or three others uh, as Tennessee won their game Saints win now tied for first place you better get your uh, it's like t- being
2: the tallest short guy man doesn't matter. What, are, what are we talking no, no, about It doesn't
3: matter they're tied for first don't worry about the four and four yeah, record
2: yeah uh no uh, offensively they've been able to move the ball for the last few weeks the difference is now they're just scoring in the red zone uh Derek Carr and Shahid have developed a, a pretty good chemistry which is more than I can say for Carr and Chris Olave, who Got hit in the helmet with the ball It hit it. <laughs> and so, uh, that
3: was so, and so Derek that was Carr was like, hey,
2: nice job, hot shot. Here's the next one. I'm going to it to you. So those guys just aren't on the same page. But I tell you what, uh, Taysom Hill looks good. Uh, that offense looks good. And that defense continues to be opportunistic. Taysom Hill got away with one there, a long ball there. Uh, that, that initially was called an interception. They reviewed it. Tie goes to the runner. They gave it to the offense. Uh, but uh, they, they almost self imploded there at the end. Uh, they had to call a timeout. They really only had to take some knees there at the end and things got a little dicey,
3: but uh, they come away with the win, uh, so you take what you can get. That's a surprise to Saints defense. Usually they keep the opponents under yeah. 20 now. There was a point in that game too, besides the play you called, which was really fascinating, uh, with the wrestling for the ball and who gets yeah. the receiver or the defensive back, uh, where uh, Gardner Mincho went back to throw, and the ball got loose, Saints pick it up, go in for a touchdown. But after I saw the replay, I said they're calling this one back. Well, you know, it's, that, it's, it's one of they were going to call a pass. I, I knew they were going to do that. There yeah. was no way they were going to allow that fumble. Uh, you know, to what touchdown? To funny about up. that.
2: I almost sent that one to Dean, who we'll talk to later this week, by the way. Uh, I, I know what the rule is, but in that case. It felt like he was trying to bring it back in. I know the the arm was going forward, but he was that wrist got bent in a way that he was almost. It seemed like he was getting ready to tuck it again. So I was I was kind of hoping, against all hope, that they would have seen that part of it. But you know, the rule's the rule. I, they 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 called it the right way, but um, but it was a that that would have blown things wide open. Uh, but a good win. A good win for the Saints, no doubt. Camaro looked really good. They were running the ball really well between the tackles. Um, so yeah, they're 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 moving along. I I mentioned earlier they they've got this. I saw the stat and I don't have it in front of me. I saw it. Somebody tweeted it out that when Taysom gets seven touches
3: or more, they're like 15 and one or something. Oh, well, then they should start every game with him and give him seven uh, seven Look, touches. Look
2: with the with. Shahid and Olave and Thomas and Kamara all in the field. I mean, I think when you put him out there in some sort of H-back or tight end, it just adds another weapon. He's been incredibly efficient all year. Uh, it's hard to keep him off the field, quite frankly. You
3: know, Mark, uh, Thomas and Olave get the uh, pub, you know, and they're BK, Ohio State and all that. But Rashid, he's, I'm telling you, he's good. More times than not, when there's a big play, He's the one getting it done for the uh, Saints. All right, yesterday, uh, some highlights in the NFL. Well, maybe a low light. Patrick Mahomes, for the first time, quarterback's a Kansas City team, and that loses to Denver. 49ers won their first five. They've dropped three in a row now. Teams that have done that in the history of the NFL usually don't make the postseason. Exactly. And we had another game featuring Alabama quarterbacks with the uh, tua led Miami beating the Mac Jones Patriots. And one other thing, Julio Jones scored his first touchdown for the Eagles Good in the him. Eagles' win yesterday. How about yeah. that? The other uh, story, we, we talked about Michigan. Uh, the school reportedly has rescinded a contract extension that was on the table for head coach Jim Harbaugh, which would have <laughs> given him a substantial raise. If you remember a couple years ago, they cut his salary. Okay, it made big news. They, they cut his salary. So this was a contract that was supposed to give him a lot of money, and they've rescinded it. So it's no longer on the table as the uh, as the Michigan – uh, drama, scandal continues to play out. Yeah.
2: All right, so we're, here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, we're gonna get to scoreboard traffic and weather now. We're going to break here just a couple minutes early. That way uh, we can have a little bit more time with St. Michael coach Philip Rivers. He joins us next. Bill Cameron will talk some Auburn at 730. And uh, Craig Stevenson will join us in hour number three to talk some South Alabama Jags. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com or better yet, come by and see us. Uh, We are indoors here at Baumhauer's Wing Fingers on Cottage Hill, right off of Hillcrest. Come on by and check out some of the great breakfast items, uh, including the Jimmy Dean Egg and Cheese Biscuit. Check out the Koneka Egg and Cheese Biscuit as well. Lee already into the Honey Butter Chicken Biscuit. Plenty of great stuff. Maybe French toast is more to your liking. They've got that here too. Come on by and check it all out. It's Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP.
7: This is George Parra, bench coach of the Houston Astros, and you're listening to WNFT.
8: Hesitation hurts. End zone. Ah!
2: All right, 720, welcome back in. The Monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff continues from Baumhauer's Wing Fingers here on Cottage Hill right off of Hillcrest. Come on by and see us. Grab some unbelievable breakfast here. drive throughs open, but so is the lobby, and that's where you have to go. Go to the register, and there's a registration box. You can put your name in for two tickets to this weekend's Alabama-LSU game.
3: You know, many people remember Julio Jones on the Eastern Shore where we had a uh, Brian Bank player of the week on the eastern shore for st michael's martin courtney listen to this six touchdowns 240 plus yards of all purpose 187 rushing his coach is philip rivers they won over tr miller 55 to 54 coach congratulations good morning phil how are you this morning
4: morning lee morning Mark. yeah i was a uh it was a heck of a night, man. It was a heck of a night for our, our school and our team, and, and certainly Martin had a, uh, had a had his had his best day as a St. Michael Cardinal. It was an unreal
7: night.
3: Were were many of his touchdowns like were they like from in the five yards and in? Do you have any long distance runs? I mean, just kind of give yeah. us a perspective because six touchdowns in a game is quite something.
4: Yeah, he had uh, no. He had a handful of kind of those, you know, fifteen to twenty yard runs, and then. uh, we actually started the game the first play of the game he went 65 down to about the four yard line um, most of them most of those were kind of as we got inside the five ten five yard line most of his touchdowns were but he had uh he had to he had plenty of chunk plays and then he he had to shoot he had oh I, I don't know exactly the number uh over you know so over 50 60 yards receiving as well so um it was a uh, it was a good night. It was it was a heck of a crowd. Obviously, it ended it ended kind of crazy, but um, it was a heck of a win for our team. All
3: right, uh, our good friend Michael Holland will be coming out to the school uh, to honor uh, Martin Cordy. But let's get to the last play of the game. And uh, you said it was a crazy finish. Tell us about it. How it all unfolded, and what did you see? And obviously, you agreed with the call, right?
4: <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, obviously I'm biased uh, as well, but uh, it was. I think it honestly could have gone either way. I honestly say that. I, I mean, I can see. I can see the. Uh, I can see the ones that feel like it should have been incomplete. But you know, it's a little different when you're in the end zone and you're already down on the ground. I mean, I, you know, how long? How long do you have to possess the football? And so, you know, the, the main video that's getting sent around to me is a little bit. It kinda, It's a little jumpy, um, but um, again, obviously I am biased. I am biased, and it certainly was close. It was bang bang. Uh and you know, thankfully we were on we were on the uh it went our way. But um he definitely had possession of football and that guy knocked it out. It's just how long you gotta hold on to it. And again, I uh I was prepared. I was prepared there for it to be incomplete and uh and then um you know he ruled it a touchdown. So um Cardinals win.
2: Yeah, that coach uh Philip Burns, our guest here on WNSP, congrats on the win, but the emotional roller coaster in such a short period of time there at the end of the game, uh, for both teams, had to be just a little too stressful for all people involved, right? To go from thinking it was an incomplete to them reversing it. Uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine there are too many high-pressure situations like that that these kids have been in. You probably over your career, but man, that's just an emotional roller coaster.
4: Oh, it was great. It was, and I, I you know, they were celebrating on their sideline as they should have, and. I was I was like beginning the process of getting our guys to get, we're kind of kind of we're picking them up together and saying hey we're gonna shake hands and we're gonna everybody's got to and calm down and it's gonna be all right and then you start seeing them talking about it and then it spins the other way so um, yeah it was crazy it was it was crazy but it was a heck of a game I mean the, the, the you know the. Uh, almost said 60 minutes, but the, you know, the 48 minutes prior to overtime was awesome. I mean, we, we kicked the field goal to tie it at the as time. that expired. fired We were down 10 at one point in the fourth. Well, you know, we were down, you know, 13 in the first quarter. I mean, it was, it was back and forth, back and forth. I mean, we, we took the lead of the minute 40 left and kicked off and they ran it back for a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, and it's, we possessed the ball with a minute 30 and we drive down and, and get a field goal to send it to overtime. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a crazy game and, uh, you know, it, when it's all said and done, it may not do anything with the CD. We may still end up being the fourth seed, but for our team to be the program like T.R. Miller and to and to secure a winning season was a big deal.
3: Was there any hesitation on your part to try for two at that point in the uh in overtime?
4: No, I think uh, you know, again our, our defense has been uh has 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 carried the way in many a game. Uh, over the last three years, uh, but it was one of those games where we just couldn't get them stopped, and so, and 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 that kind of team in overtime, you think, man, I, I don't know if we're gonna get them stopped, you know, uh, from the ten yard line. So we said it when they scored, we we on the sideline said, hey, if we score, we're we'll going for two, and uh, and and we've been working that kind of that double pass probably for over a month or so, and said if we get in a situation. Uh, where we need a two-pointer to win the game, we're gonna call that. And so we just we stuck with it.
2: So, uh, and and if you could describe the locker room celebration in just a couple words, what would it be?
4: <laughs> unscripted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, but those kids yeah, are gonna remember I mean, that for the rest those, of their those life, those coach. Kind of impr- those kind of uh, unscripted, uh, can't explain moments are really the, the the memories you have. I mean, what what. These guys, I hope, I mean, they're going to have memories of winning the game and all, but it's those little moments and buzzards yeah. and and those things that, that you end up missing, and those are the things you remember the most.
3: Phil, did you, after the game and you had some time to think about it, can you ever remember a game you quarterbacked in a shootout that wild, either in the pros or in college, where you had a, a game with that many points, back and forth, back and forth?
4: Oh, man. <clears throat> Uh, Virginia, my senior year was similar to that. I, I want to say it ended 51-38. We ended up getting an interception late, uh, but it was back and forth against Matt Schaub and Virginia in 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 Raleigh in 2003. Um, oh man, uh, we, had, we had there's a handful of them in the NFL. Not that many points, but they, they were back they were back and forth. But uh, yeah, it was it was just one of those. You look up and you go, man, how in the world was there 109 points scored in that game? Um, How's uh, there enough time? Of course, then you look at your watch and it says ten fifteen. You're like, holy smokes, we've been out there for three hours fifteen minutes.
3: Hey, did you uh, see the little uh, back and forth? NC State won their game, and their coach got really ticked off at Steve Smith for calling NC State a basketball school.
4: Yeah, I, I uh, yeah I did. That was a heck of a win for NC State. Uh, <clears throat> I don't uh I don't blame Coach Dorrance for getting a little fired up or taking that the wrong way because. Um, he kind of didn't give the pack a time of day in terms of saying we're, we're getting ready for basketball because it's been kind of a little bit of a struggle the last few weeks. But that's a big win, beating Clemson at home. I know Clemson is a little down this year, but um, that was a big win for, for N C State. I, I, I didn't think Utah did very good against Oregon either, so maybe they're ready for hoops too.
3: Uh, quickly, you mentioned about the playoffs. So, what, where do you stand? You right now, where do you stand in relationship to uh, the playoffs?
4: We, um, we we we're we're in a three-way tie. Us and Bayside and T.R. Miller for the two seed, and uh, and, and Bayside beat us. Miller beat Bayside. We beat Miller. So there's no mm-hmm. one team take all there. So now I go to your non-region wins. Your non-region wins. How many wins do they have? So. Here we are. We're with Chickasaw, who I think they at five, and then we lost to Gulf Shores and McGill, and that's where the McGill game would have been huge for us. And then um, Bayside beaten Alberta, and T.R. Miller has beaten Hillcrest Evergreen. So currently we're, we're in the lead in that. Uh, they, they, they each only have two, but they both play formidable opponents in Week 10. So Bayside plays Alabama Christian Academy. T.R. Miller plays uh, W.S. Neal, who both have over six, uh, have six wins, I think. And so... Um, depending on how those games shake out, we'll kind of determine how the whole thing shakes out. They do the three-way tiebreaker first, whoever, whoever wins that, and then he goes back to head-to-head. So for us to end up having a home playoff game in round one, we would need both of those teams to lose on Friday night.
2: Man, great stuff. Congrats on the huge win, man. Very exciting. We wish you the best of luck. We'll be in touch.
4: Awesome, guys. See you. Thanks.
2: That's St. Michael coach, Philip Rivers. Always appreciate him coming aboard. Stay with us. Plenty left here. It's WNSP.
8: Side passes caught. This will be a touchdown for the Tigers as it goes 45 yards.
2: 732, welcome back in. The Monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff continues. Mark on Lee Trevanian we're in Baumhauer's Wing Fingers. That's right. Come on by and see us. Cottage Hill and Hillcrest Camp. not Got a lot of great breakfast items. In fact, it's probably one of, if not the best breakfast spots in all of Mobile. Come on by and see them. Uh, they got a lot of great deals. And of course, if you uh, can't come by, make sure you come by for lunch or dinner. They got some great great deals here. Uh, including a full pound of wings with fries and drinks for only eight ninety nine. dollars uh, You can choose from the traditional Baumhauer's Buffalo-style wings, or 10 other uh, original flavors. Just ask for the Wing It special when placing your order. Uh, All right, so I want to tell you about a great event coming up, the Rolling Tigers Booster Club, uh, the 11th annual. That's right, their bash is coming up December 6th from um, St. Dominic's Murphy Center from 6 to 9 p.m. There are only 300 tickets sold, so you have to get your tickets soon, and I'll tell you why. $10,000 drawdown. That's right. Somebody's walking out of there with $10,000. It's going to be DJ'd by our own Matt McCoy. If that's not reason enough to go out there, they got some outstanding silent auctions, uh, items, signed mini helmets from Hugh Freeze, Carnell Williams, Tank Bigsby, Uh, Alabama fans, they got you covered with Najee Harris as well. Uh, They have signed uh, basketball from Bruce Pearl, Butch Thompson has a baseball out there, Hugh Freeze and a football. Tons of stuff, including... A Knights jersey. You remember the movie The Natural? The Knights, signed by Robert Redford himself. Auburn head coach Rob Taylor will speak at the event. He's also the coach for the United States Paralympic team. That ev- uh, This is a great opportunity for parents who have children with a disability to get information to help their children get involved in wheelchair sports. It's the 11th annual Rolling Tigers Booster Club Bash. The event has raised more than $150,000 for Auburn Wheelchair Sports. So how do you get tickets? How do you donate to the silent auction? It's very easy. Call Dr. Mike Rim. 232-4753. That's 232-4753. It's the Rolling Tigers Booster Club Bash coming up December 6th. Get your tickets fast. Uh, Okay, Lee, uh, give us your take on what you saw from the uh, Auburn game over the weekend. We're actually efforting uh, Bill Cameron as we speak.
3: Mark, I'm sitting in front of my television set, mystified. Like, did they kidnap another team to show up? I mean, how many times have I sat and watched Auburn unable to move the football, unable to complete passes? unable to generate any kind of offense an Offense that most everybody felt was one of the worst one of the worst in FBS and all of a sudden in that first quarter They looked like they were a top four team the way they came out Gary Thorne was hitting his receivers They were throwing long they weren't they weren't uh, just going you know Horizontal they were going vertical they were going down the field it was uh, it was fun to watch If you're an Auburn fan, and I enjoyed watching, and I really did, because I didn't know they had it in them, and I'm like, where did this come from? Why, why all of a sudden? And then I saw where Hugh Freeze say, well, I I told the team that you know, I'm going to stay with Gary, you know, with uh, Thorne as the quarterback, uh, just to go out there and have fun and and play easy, and so they did. And my question is, why did it take so long? Somebody that has a better answer than me is Bill Cameron, uh, ESPN uh, broadcaster up in Auburn. Bill, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today?
8: Pretty good, Lee.
3: Were you as mystified as I was as to what happened with that Auburn offense in the first half?
8: Uh, Honestly, well, I was... I was pleased. I wasn't as surprised. I mean, I'd felt like uh, ever ever since the um, the post game from the Ole Miss game that that Hugh Freeze was uh, that was it. It was uh, it was time to try to speed things up a little bit. Uh, I mean, I understand even though it wasn't it didn't work the way they wanted. What they were trying to do, they were playing against explosive offenses uh, with a defense that was pretty thin. So they were trying to slow things down, and you could. See, really, that uh, I mean Peyton Thorne's more comfortable when you go just a little more tempo. You don't have to go at breakneck speed. You don't have to be an old Miss or Tennessee snapping the ball every 20 seconds. But Auburn had had his best success. You think about the game-winning drive against Cal, and then uh, in some games when they have been behind, they just looked better. Peyton Thorne looked much more comfortable uh, with with there being some tempo and, and not and not just forcibly trying to slow things down. So no, I surely did. Expect him to throw for nearly 200 yards and three touchdowns in the first half, but I thought Auburn would be much better off doing that. And that's what uh, Hugh had said following the Ole Miss game. He said it again last Monday, without really coming out and saying flat, "All right, that's it. We're we're changing." But he talked. He's talked on and on about how much more comfortable he is, and he started talking about how the players seem a little more comfortable with the uh, with, with things not slowing down. So I would I would expect him to. You know, to to be a normally a normal paced or slightly up tempo offense for the rest of the year.
2: All right, Bill, uh, and I I'm not, I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade, but let me ask the obvious question: How much of this is man Auburn finding its rhythm? How much of this is Mississippi State's the type of team that can cure all?
8: Well, it's a lot of a lot of both. I mean, look, if Auburn had played, if Auburn had not played those four games in a row, if Auburn had had Mississippi State after Texas A and M, Vandy after Georgia, um, Arkansas after LSU, and New Mexico State, you know, after after Ole Miss, I don't know that people would be nearly as either excited or concerned or just sort of throwing this one away. Yeah. A lot of a lot of when you put up good numbers, a lot of it has to do with who you're playing against. When you're playing against the better teams, you're just not normally going to put up those kinds of numbers but uh, but it was something that that Auburn was forcing along with the quality of the other teams I mean Auburn just was was trying to they Uh, I'm sure that that's what Hugh Freeze, Phillip Montgomery felt like gave them the best chance to win, was try to keep things close to the fourth quarter. And if you look at the Georgia game and really, I mean, uh, the Georgia game and the Ole Miss game, they they had a chance there in the second half. I mean, um, who's played Georgia better than Auburn has up to this point? Uh, The other part of it is it's at home, and Auburn's just a whole lot better at home than they are on the road.
3: So the difference of the first half and second half, as far as Auburn was not able to generate a touchdown in the second half, they did get a field goal, so what was the, what was the difference? Uh, in the first half, they were terrific, and you know, Peyton was completing passes that I haven't seen him complete this year, long passes down the field, receivers were getting open, but then did they just kind of take the foot off the pedal in the second half?
8: I think mentally they, they did. I wonder if they did it as intentionally as it may have seemed. You know, at the time you're wondering why aren't they doing that? But then you go back and look at it, and after a long possession by by state to kick a field goal, Auburn takes the ball and goes 12 plays, 50 yards, and kicks a field goal to go up uh, 20. You know, go up 27 to uh, to six, and then they didn't get the ball back until the fourth quarter. And when they did, they had the ball at their own three yard line. They move it, um, they moved it out, and they and they had uh, um, a receiver that didn't exactly know where the sticks was. One time they came up on fourth and one, and I know there were some people in the box going, man, you ought to be going for it here on fourth and one at your own 35. And I was like, are you insane? You're up, you're up a couple of scores or three scores. You don't go for it fourth and one. And then they had another big play that was called back um, for, uh, for offensive interference, which I'm still, I'm still a little concerned I'm, Thought, thought it was about the same as the play the state player made so they were close on a couple of other plays and you generally don't start being aggressive until you get a first down or two or until you get out to your own 30 yard line and they just had trouble doing that in the second half.
3: Talking with Bill Cameron ESPN radio talk show host up there in the Auburn area so Bill where do you, where do you think the biggest improvement was with the offense?
8: I thought receivers actually did a good job of getting open. You've seen the last couple of weeks them sort of moving to some other guys. We've seen more of Caleb Burton, seen more of Camden Brown. Boy, it was nice to see Javarius Johnson back. It's the only only the third game he's been able to play in, and they're actually going with a couple of those guys at a time. They'd, they'd had Javarius and Jay Fair and Cam, and, and uh, Caleb Burton were all really inside receivers, and uh, they didn't until they really struggled. Uh, about three or four games in, start working those guys who are built more like slot receivers, some at the outside. So now you're seeing a couple of guys getting work out there. So I I thought really the play of the receivers was the, the biggest improvement that you saw. I mean, obviously, Peyton had his best game, but a lot of that has to do with guys being able to get open.
3: Plus I think the offensive line appeared, again, watching it on T V appeared to be doing a lot better job protecting the quarterback this past Saturday.
8: Well, part of that has to do with get the ball out quick. I mean, when when uh developing plays that they've been running uh it seems like when they slowed the offense down everybody got slower i don't know um i don't exactly know how to explain it but the ball was coming out a little bit quicker one thing i noticed that was really interestingly uh is on their first five possessions they ran five different combinations on the offensive line too so i mean that's uh that's an interesting thing to be as you know productive as they were
3: all right. Let me ask you now. You got four more games to go. You got to get to six wins. You have to win two. Do you think they're going to have issues getting to that two? You got Vanderbilt, Kentucky, New Mexico State, and then of course Alabama.
8: Uh, they ought to be. Well, I mean, they're, they're double-digit favors at, at Nashville this weekend. I mean, uh, Vandy, Vandy's a team. They're really struggling defensively. Uh, I think this is a, I think it's a really good matchup for Auburn this weekend. Arkansas, I just don't know, you know, what, what their mindset is. They've lost so many games so close. You feel like they're either going to step up and shock somebody, they're going to beat somebody that you don't expect, or they're just going to tank it. Uh, that has been a tough place to go up to Fayetteville, but, but still. Still, right now, I mean, Auburn's got a little confidence. Uh, if they can go in and take care of business against Vandy, I would, I would think that uh, it's not unlikely they'll have seven wins when Alabama comes to town.
2: Great stuff, man, Bill. As always, really do appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the week, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right, guys, have a good one. That's Bill Cameron, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I uh, want to remind you, come on by and see us here at Wing Fingers. Uh, fresh, fast, and friendly only at Wing Fingers, man. Come on by and grab some breakfast. Uh, you know how I feel about the Gooey Grits Bowl over here. It's a game changer. Home style grits, bacon, homemade gooey cheese, a biscuit, and just for fun, they top it with two freshly cracked eggs, $6.99. You will not eat for the rest of the day. I can almost guarantee it. Uh, Come on by and get registered for those Alabama LSU tickets. That's right. There's a registration box right here at the register. It's almost overflowing, but not quite yet. There's still room. If you can't get by during the course of our show today, fear not. Uh, They will have the registration box out uh, through Wednesday. They're going to pick a winner Wednesday. Uh, We will announce the winner on our show Thursday morning. When we come back, uh, we'll catch up with our good friend George Burlock over at uh, Presley Roofing. Uh, We'll take your phone calls as well. Uh, we got a lot going on in hour number three, including Craig Stevenson, my colleague at AL.com. He's going to tell us what is going on with the South Alabama Jaguars. So we'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number two next right here on the Sports Station. It's our Monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff from Baumhauer's Wing Fingers right here on Cottage Hill. Stay with us. It's Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSB. And WNSP.com.
0: My name is Robert Brazil. I'm from the class of 2018 Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're listening to WNSP. Drift right into space.
2: wrapping up our number two. It's our Monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee from Baumhauer's Wing Fingers. That music can only mean one thing. That's right. It's time to bring in our WNSP team of the day, Presley Roofing. Man, they prepared for uh, just about anything when it comes to this time of year. They don't chase storms. They've started. uh, They've been around since 1949. They're not going anywhere. They're always here, and they always have uh, somebody call you directly. That person, George Spurlock. He joins us right here on WNSP. Good morning, George. How are you?
1: I'm great. How are you doing, Mark? Uh,
2: We're great. Now, look, every time someone says something about maybe getting some repairs to a roof done or replacing a roof, the first thing that comes to people's minds dollar signs. You can kind of help them out with that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, we've had a big run lately on on potential customers asking about financing options and one of the great things that we have to offer our customers is we are an Alabama approved contractor, which means if you have a good relationship and a good credit line with Alabama Power, it means you pay your bill on time. Most of the time you can get qualified uh, to get approved for financing through Alabama Power to have your roof replaced. They basically just add a certain amount of money to your uh, electric bill every month and we can get you approved on the spot. We'll bring out our iPad, and you can do the application, and it's a very quick and easy process, uh, so that you're not out of pocket, you know, ten, twelve thousand uh, dollars for a roof.
2: George, what I like what you guys do at Presley Roofing. We talk about it all the time. Uh, there are a number of preventative measures in case, uh, in case you want to get ahead of the ball game uh, with your roof. And the other thing is free estimates. So, just call you guys over at Presley Roofing. You guys come out for free just to give you an idea as a consumer what's in store down the line with your roof
1: yeah we want to let you know if if it's time for a roof or maybe if we can just do some preventative things or some low maintenance low cost maintenance things just to buy you a little more time if, if the time's not right or your roof is not really ready for a replacement we're going to do what's in the best interest of our customers because what we're trying trying to really do is build a long-term relationship with all of our clients
2: Uh, What's the best time to call you guys, and how can they get in touch with you?
1: Well, uh, I would normally tell you to call uh, Miss Samantha at the office right now, but it's her birthday, so she's got the day off. But you can call us anytime at 251-457-6598.
2: How about that? A birthday in the office. I love it. Hey, George, congratulations on uh, uh, on all the success there. I know uh, Presley Roofing's been around for a while. You guys aren't going anywhere. Uh, we thank you for your support of high school athletics last week when we were at Mobile Christian as well.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you very much.
3: You know, Mark, years ago, uh, that's George
2: Spurlock, Presley Roofing, WNSP's team of the day. We appreciate those guys coming aboard. And a reminder, go to presleyroofinginc.com. That's presleyroofinginc.com
3: for more information. During my uh, stay at this uh, radio station in New Jersey back in the 70s, uh, this young lady was the receptionist, and she came to work on her birthday, even baked a cake she baked her own cake. Baked the cake for the huh. station, and they fired her on her birthday. Wait, what? What? Yeah. Something had happened over the weekend. Yeah, it must have been something big. Yeah, something had happened, and we, I, I don't know if it was her fault or not, but it had to do with the telephone lines or whatever for us carrying a Rutgers uh, football game, and I guess they blamed her. But the girl came in working her birthday, baked a cake for the radio station, and that was it. Unbelievable. Yeah, I it's hope she the, took the cake with her. I hope she did, too. All right. Or hey, it at somebody. You know, as we look forward, I, I will not have the opportunity to be on the show tomorrow. Uh, but uh, obviously a big story will unfold tomorrow night when the college football poll comes out. Now, I don't know how close it will be. I, I'm sure it won't be too far-fetched from what the AP and the coaches poll. They both mirror the same four. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Ohio State 3, Florida State 4 probably not going to get too much argument maybe not in that order you got washington five and one poll has texas six the other has oregon six alabama's eighth in both polls by the way alabama is a four and a half point pick right now over lsu georgia a 17 point pick on missouri cbs has both of those games on saturday and then troy is favored by six over the jags in that thursday night game but i i doubt and it, you know, I, I don't. I don't know all the inner workings of this thirteen-member committee and so forth that will come out with that poll on Tuesday night. But I'm. I've got to believe that those four teams, but not necessarily in that order, will be there. I, I could almost see Ohio State being number one at this point, based on what has happened just this year. I. Uh,
2: <clears throat> I think I have. If I were the committee right now, today, after what i saw the last couple weeks from georgia i would keep georgia at number one i know there's some talk about not having them up there and i was one of those guys that didn't think they were playing up to the standard of the top ranked team but i think they've done enough to uh to be to open the college football playoff poll at number one i kind of like ohio state at two not michigan and then i think i like florida state at three and michigan at four where I'm really intrigued is that whole Washington-Oregon thing, because I I'll be, I think Oregon's playing better now, right? It's kind of like that Alabama-Texas argument. I think things are going to get interesting with Alabama-Texas and then Washington and Oregon, because they played head-to-head. Um, and I'm not so sure that the team that won that game is the better team at this point in the season.
3: Washington's uh, had some close calls lately, Mark. They've uh, gone down to the wire that two weeks ago, that 15-7 to win. Uh, And again, it it hasn't come easy the last couple of weeks for whatever reasons, and and I don't know since we're kind of far away from them and don't really follow them that closely. I think Washington, right now there are some that would put Washington in the top four. I wouldn't do that. I would go, again, either Georgia or Ohio State at number one, but I think, I'm, I'm trying to think how the committee's thinking because they have that win over Notre Dame. And the win over Penn State. that That's what I'm guessing. Now, you, as you know, because you've thrown it back at me, i still, if it was me, I'd have Georgia at number one. But I think the committee is only going to look at just this year, and I would think if that's the case, Ohio State. Michael, what do you think? Yeah, Bronner, what, what do you
2: think on Wake this whole there, top buddy. four thing? I mean, we're going to talk about it a lot tomorrow, yeah. but give us a little, whet our
5: appetite, sir. <laughs> yeah, I think... Uh i think ohio state probably should be number one i i i I was kind of out on georgia being number one until they you know beat florida by 30 without brock bowers although you gotta ask how how much of an accomplishment is that really how good or slash bad is florida i don't know georgia seems to be playing their best football at the right time though so we'll see what it doesn't really matter uh i mean i think the path is clear for georgia i think georgia has to go 13 and 0 Uh, And if they do, they're going to be in no matter what. So we'll see. Uh, As for who's number one tomorrow, take your pick between Georgia and Ohio State. I think Ohio State's more deserving, but it it really is pretty 50-50 in my mind. Do either of you
3: think that a one loss, all right, let's let's go uh, later on. Let's say, I'm just hypothetically speaking, Ohio State beats Michigan. Do you think it's possible the two teams could both get into the Final Four? See, I'm kind of reluctant to go that direction right now. What do you think, Mark? For uh, uh, the either both Ohio State and Michigan getting in, but one of them obviously would have to have at least one loss because yeah. of uh, because of the uh, yeah. I ahead. mean,
2: I, I think there's a very good chance of it. Quite frankly, I mean, yeah. it could happen. Uh, uh, a Georgia win, <clears throat> a Georgia win over Alabama, that
3: would put those three in there. And then, uh, what a Undefeated Florida State to me I think would get in over either Washington or Oregon. Actually or, or even a once beat well obviously a once beaten Texas or Oklahoma.
2: The question is, I think it comes down to does does a one loss if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, hypothetically, or LSU beats Georgia, does the SEC
3: get shut out? I still can't see that happening. I if, just can't.
5: If LSU beat Georgia, then then yuck. I mean LSU is not getting in. So
3: Georgia would
2: have one loss though. But would a one-loss Georgia still get in if they lost the SEC championship no. game?
5: No. No, I, I think Georgia has to go thirteen and zero just because of their schedule. That's well, possible.
2: So you would you in that? But would you take a one-loss Big Ten championship game loser over a one-loss Georgia?
5: Probably not, but I would take a one-loss Pac-12. I I mean, there's a lot of other factors there. I don't think the Big Ten can get two teams in, uh, uh, barring Florida State losing a game or one of the other Pac-12 teams losing a game. Correct me if I'm wrong, too. There aren't divisions in the Pac-12, and Washington and Oregon should have a rematch, if I'm not mistaken, on that one, Uh, if everything goes according to plan there. Uh, So we'll see. what Texas probably isn't going to lose again. I uh, really would have cleared some things up had they just lost to Houston l- last week. But, yeah, there's – uh,
3: See, you got to remember, they, they don't have Quinn Ewers back, right? Yeah, Texas. but I well, mean – We can continue this at the uh, when we come back.
2: Yeah, uh, I want to remind you, this time next week, Lee and I in Air Sports 1 on the campus of University of South Alabama previewing South – basketball season starting up. Really excited about that. We'll get you some more details as we get closer, but it's going to be a good time. Meanwhile, we're at Baumhauer's Wing Fingers. Come on out and see us. Hour number three is next, right here on the sports station. WNSP and WNSP.com. Stay with us.
0: This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and on the sound of mobile app, the latest sports news, traffic, weather and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee shervanian and Michael Bronner. The opening, kickoff. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark Lee
2: and Michael. Indeed, here we are, 8.05, hour number three on this Monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff. We're at Baumhauer's Wing Fingers here on uh, Cottage Hill, just off the Hillcrest. Come on by and see us. The registration box, boys and girls, is still here, right there at the register. There's room in it. I think there's a little room left in it. Bob's giving away his tickets. Alabama LSU, you have through to Wednesday, actually. We're going to announce the winner on Thursday. But come on by. There have been a bunch of people that have uh, come in and uh, registered. If you if you can't make it here during our show, the box will remain here for the next couple of days. Uh, come on by and get some breakfast. Come uh, talk some football. Register for those tickets. And, of course, if you can't get by, uh, come check out some of the great deals they have for lunch and dinner here at Wing Fingers.
3: It was a rough day for starting quarterbacks in the NFL yesterday. Kenny Pickett had to leave the Pittsburgh game. They lost. Matt Stafford had to leave the uh, Rams game to, with Dallas. They got beat. Tyrod Taylor left the Giants game against the Jets that went overtime, and they had an unbelievably pathetic day. <laughs> Minus wow. nine yards in passing for the Giants. They lost 13-10. to 10. And I'll tell you, there's more than a few people surprised now. If you look, the Jets are now 4-3, and three, yeah. despite the fact that Rodgers is still on the shelf. And then the team that did win and lost their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, he probably, and again, I, I hate to say something like this without having, you know, I'm not really into the medical knowledge, but uh, he has an Achilles tear. I wouldn't think he'd be back this year, but the Vikings did win. But the Saints won. That was the big story with us since we carry the Saints. They're now tied with Atlanta for first place, even though the record is not that scintillating at 4-4. Four and four. <laughs> Now, one of the things we talked about, haven't really gotten too deep in this because, again, they're just reports, and we, we just can't overlook what's going on with Michigan. It seems like every day there's a new wrinkle to this. People are delving in. Uh, there was a Division Three college coach who would not obviously give his name uh, but uh, says that indeed he was working with uh, Stallion and was given complimentary tickets and I think some money to go out and record three games, obviously, with Michigan opponents. So there's that. And now the school reportedly is rescinding a contract, a substantial raise with a contract for Jim Harbaugh.
2: Don't you think, though, that that is more of a precautionary deal? I mean, it, I, I, don't, I don't know if that means, oh, we're, we're looking into ways of terminating Jim Harbaugh. I, I think they're just kind of waiting to make sure that nothing more comes out. Uh, so they're just kind of in a holding pattern, or do you think that
7: is, the, uh, the bottom's getting ready to fall
3: out on Harbaugh? I don't think it's going to fall out until after the national championship game. I, I, you know, this isn't this is what's intriguing. You look at what happened at Michigan State. They had no trouble pulling the plug on Mel Tucker, but they weren't having a good yeah, year. Yeah, but that was different. Well, is it really though? I mean, in the contract. I would think with the money they pay, there's always that ethics and moral clause about you know not doing this or not getting in trouble or things like that. So Michigan is facing basically a, a dual threat here. You got the COVID investigation still going on, even though Michigan has taken steps by suspending Jim Harbaugh for the first three games. You know there is, you win, that's great, and that's what they wanted, but you, you reach a, a, a point, too, where enough's enough and even though many people don't think anything will happen to Michigan with the sign sealing scandal, though we don't know that for sure, but that's just the opinion of people I've talked to. That's still, you know, the the branding of Michigan takes another hurt, you know, because of all that's coming down and having this guy, and Harbaugh claiming he didn't know anything about it, which most of us find hard to believe. That this guy's standing on the sidelines, you know, you figure Harbaugh has to know who's on the sidelines right next to him, and what this whole scheme was all all about. So even if even if nothing happens to him, Mark, I uh, personally, I mean, to the school, I still think I. I'd be really surprised if he's coaching Michigan next year. I really would. Uh, well, if we're talking about a team getting to the college football playoff, we're, yeah, they're gonna
2: and, get, and right? we are, it's amazing what you let go. Now, I do believe that these are very different, Michigan State and Michigan. Michigan State's got a really poor track record when it comes to a lot of serious and heinous acts, right, off the field. What we're talking about here is some – it's some of stealing of signs, which in and of itself is not illegal. The way in which they obtained it is, they're going to isolate this guy. Even though everybody in their grandmother knows that Jim Harbaugh is well aware that this was going on, but it's amazing what you will let go when you're winning. I think I think Michigan's going to do everything they can to hang on to Jim Harbaugh. Now, whether or not Jim Harbaugh takes an opportunity to jump to the NFL is something entirely different. But I, I, I don't think these are anything alike. I I think I think Michigan State had no choice. I think Michigan very much has a choice, and I think this pales in the comparison
3: to what was going on at Michigan State. But, uh, and I'm talking about Mel Tucker and even before Mel Tucker. You know what, uh, without being privy to everything that's going on with Michigan and not knowing who the Board of Trustees, I have to believe, Mark, there's a, more than a few that are a little fed up with Jim Harbaugh. And I'll tell you why. Okay, for, put the investigations aside. Seems like every year he's flirting with an NFL team. He's, is he going to leave or isn't he going to leave, right? Does he do that to get leverage for a contract extension like others do? Maybe. But you reach a point where enough's enough. Yeah, you win and that's great and, and and that's what you want to do uh, to keep the stands filled up. But then you have two investigations going on. You have a coach that seems to be eager to go to the NFL because he goes and does interviews. I just think that eventually that they're going to just say enough's enough and we'll they're go undefeated. They're going to be in the
2: top four. They're not getting rid of Jim Harbaugh. They're not getting rid of Jim Harbaugh unless somebody forces them to get rid of Jim Harbaugh. In fact, and I can't think of it. Where, where was the last time? When was the last time a coach got fired that was in contention for a national championship? Mike
3: Price. Emily. <laughs> Thank te- you
2: for proving I'm te- my I'm
3: te- point. I'm, te- I'm teasing. All right. That was in contention during the year. And
2: Bronner, jump in. Now, like, If there is a team in contention
3: for a national championship in the running. Oh, I, I'm not saying they fire him until the season's over with. All right. Let's say he gets to the college football okay, playoff. Let's say he does.
2: I, I still think. I still think. They're going to have to be forced to fire him. I don't think they say, oh, we're sick of Jim Harbaugh. No, they love Jim Harbaugh up there. Ah, He's beating Ohio State. He's undefeated. He's getting to the college football playoff. No, they're not firing him unless they absolutely have to. Nobody up there wants to fire Jim Homer
3: Well, you know the NCAA eventually may have a say in this because you know they were coming hard after him and caused Michigan to take steps. I don't know if they're going to go further. They could, they could, you know, come out with a show cause on him also for some of these violations. So. You know, again, Michigan may have no choice, but again, some of the other things that are going on, and you know, say what you want, but the, the school cannot be happy about this I, Even if nothing happens, they cannot be too happy about all that's going on in the the scandal and the fact that you've got reporters buzzing around and looking to dig even deeper.
2: We are we are making way more out of this, and I'll be the first to admit that we're way, making way more out of this than we should. Way only more. Only because I lo- What's that? Way more. Because at the end of the day, they all do it, right? And yes, it's against the rules. Connor Stallions is an idiot. Like this is like he could write a book on how to cheat for dummies, and and it's just it's that bad. It's like dude had. No tact whatsoever. He, he might as well. I feel like back in the 80s. Remember how you used to lo, like go rent the video cameras because you couldn't buy them; they were too expensive. And they used to sit up on. For all you Stranger Things guys, right? Put the video camera up on your shoulder. I feel like that would be Connor Stallions, like just rolling in with a big Michigan shirt on, with a video camera up on his on his uh, on his shoulder, just videotaping and, and telling everybody what he was doing. The, well,
3: the idea the that is, horrible uh, wait, wait, Mike. Ahead. The thing is, if it was just this. I don't think there'd be a problem, but it's the other stuff that's piled on, and maybe they wouldn't fire him. But I can't—I I really, truly believe that some in that administration hope he takes an NFL job for good.
5: But that's all. Again, I kind of think he is going to take an NFL job, but the idea that if they, they, they could—the idea that they could fire him—is so ridiculous it's not even worth discussing, in my opinion. They're—they're they're not firing him. Uh, they, they just aren't. Okay. Well, so I guess sorry. Michael doesn't want to be part of the conversation then. No, I, it's, I mean, it's like I mean, it's not even. It's it's ridiculous. They're, the NCAA doesn't have any real power in 2023. Michigan is not firing Jim Harbaugh. It's a it's a ridiculous thing to even postulate.
2: Ooh, that's an SAT word. Postulate. I like that. Thanks. All right. So on that note, it is now eight fifteen. So we need to get you a scoreboard, traffic, and weather. And what we haven't done yet is get one of you guys qualified for the Alec Neiman catering party. That's right. Another edition of Naming It coming up next. Uh, we play an audio file. You you identify the person, place, or thing. Be the first one to call Mr. Bronner at 694-1055, and you will be the first to qualify in our next round for the Alec Neiman Catering Party. Also, Craig Stevenson is going to join us, my colleague over at AL.com. That's coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, we'll take a look at the South Alabama Jags. Stay with us. It's our Monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com.
7: This is Jimmy Riffle from Gator Boys, and you're listening to WNSP on 105.5.
2: 23, you hear the music, it can only mean one thing. It's time for one of you guys to get a qualified for a shot at an Alec Naiman catering party. That's right, it's another edition of Naming It. We play an audio file. You recognize what is said, person, place, or thing, and be the first person to call Michael Bronner at 694-1055, and you'll be qualified for the catering party. All right, because we're on location, we're going to do this off the air. I'm throwing you a softball because it's Monday, boys and girls. Hey, DJ, spin that stuff. I say more dumb things before 9 a.m. than most people say all day. All right, if you know who that is, uh, and it's uh, fairly easy, uh, be the first one
3: to get Bronner on at 694-1055. What did I hear during our news about the weather later in the week when we go out to Davidson
8: High School? It's going to
2: drop like a rock,
3: and I'm ready for it. Fall finally is here. Oh, that's that's gone beyond fall. That's that's winter. Got to make up for lost time, man. Let's go. Well, Let's go. We are slated to take Air Sports One out to uh, Davidson on Thursday and Theodore on Friday. The Dr. Christopher Mullenix uh, Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery game days. Final week of the regular season. They have been voted the uh, best oral surgeons, as you know, Dr. Mullinix and Dr. Wallander by uh, Lanyap. You voted them, and, and I certainly would agree with that. I've had many visits to Dr. Mullinix's uh, dental chairs for my dental implants, and even though you don't need a referral uh, or a recommendation, I'm giving a wholeheartedly a recommendation if you have any kind of oral surgery to make an appointment at 715 Downtowner Boulevard. Give them a call at 471-3381. They take care of facial trauma, knocked out teeth, wisdom teeth, dental implants, jaw surgery, and much, much more. Uh, Getting back, and again, I I don't, you know, we have so much more to talk about than Michigan, uh, but it's not like i'm here to say well just because of the sign i'm just i'm i guess i'm looking at things that are going on you know the investigation back into the COVID era the fact that he flirts with nfl teams every year uh th- this latest thing which probably is not going to amount to a hill of beans but the fact that they you know rescinded his contract right now that they're going to extend see to me that's a red flag um if if they're wholeheartedly in, in factuated by the fact that they're winning and they're number two well all right then go ahead and go ahead with the contract but apparently there's some people there that don't feel that uh, they want to go ahead and, and give them a raise so that's always that's another thing and maybe that could be a temptation for him to get out if they're not going to reward him well i
2: again I, I don't think it's a question of them not wanting to give a raise i think they're waiting to see how this whole thing plays out i don't think there's I don't think there's anybody at Michigan right now that says, "Oh, they're coming after Harbaugh. They're going to get rid of him. They're going to they're going to sanction us." I don't I don't think they're thinking like that right now. I think they're saying, "This is what we want to do for him. Let's see how this let's see how this plays out. Let's see if it blows over." I think I I I think people at Michigan are going to do everything they can to keep Jim Harbaugh there.
3: All right. That's fair enough. That's your take. Just because I look at Show it. me
2: another show me another example of a coach that is potentially in violation of NCAA rules and regulations that is in the running for a championship, and that's the key, right, in the running for a championship, that the school got proactive about and said, see you. I can't think of a single one.
3: No, and there's probably none to, to be thinking of. But the point is, if everybody is so in in favor of him, then why are you rescinding a contract? Because to me, that's kind of again a red flag that obviously Well, they're not going to pay.
2: They're not, they're not going to want to give a guy, a guy a raise that might have to face a six-game suspension next year
3: or whatever. I'm just throwing a number. Right. Out exactly. And and. and you know, whether they'll accept a, a three-game and whether it's even a moot point because, you know, maybe Jim, you know, he's been there a while. You know, coaches were out there welcome after a certain amount of years. He's certainly been there a long time. And if he goes out a national champion, he may send like... But he's had these so-called meetings with other NFL teams, and he came away thinking they were going to hire him, and they didn't. And I don't know what what happens, what happens on the interview. Uh, obviously, if you look at the... The, the NFL now, the the one coach that seems to be on the hottest seat of all is the Chicago Bears. Well, wouldn't that seem like a really good fit for Harbaugh since he used to quarterback the Chicago Bears? I mean, it seems to me that would be a, a almost a lock and step, but again, you know that's it's too early to say if that's going to be the case. By the way, the Bears lost again yesterday. So of the Patriots, by the way. Hey, did you see the Bears game at all? <laughs> no. Mark, in the stands was uh, Bajan's dad, the arm wrestler. Yes. Did you see him cheering and all I that kind not. of stuff? Oh, that was a really good sight. He didn't have much to cheer about, but his son did deliver, I guess, a, a touchdown drive, and they had the dad who we talked to during the Senior Bowl uh, in the stands cheering for his son, the the uh, kid from Shepherd College in West Virginia. All right. All uh right.
2: Michael, did we get a uh, qualifier for the Alec Naiman catering party? We did, Lloyd. Lloyd, Lloyd, I threw you a softball. That was uh, Matthew Perry, Chandler Bing, uh, with one of his more uh, popular uh, quotes. Obviously, uh, untimely death of Matthew Perry over the weekend. Um, Crazy, crazy story. Uh, When we come back, uh, Craig Stevenson, my colleague over at AL.com. We're going to break down what exactly happened with the Jags over the weekend. Stay with us at Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP and WNSP.com.
5: Chris, looking for the end zone,
2: looking for his top receiver. Did he make the catch? Yes, he did. Touchdown, Louisiana. All right, 832. Welcome back in. Our Monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff continues from uh, Baumhauer's Wing Fingers here on Cottage Hill right off Hillcrest. Come on by and see us. You still got a couple segments. And if you can't get by, make sure you check out uh, Wing Fingers for lunch and or dinner come register for those alabama lsu tickets
3: so the south alabama jags they were about a 10 point favorite and we talked about that on friday but louisiana stormed here and came away with a 33 20 win over the jags and south alabama's record now at four and four with four games to go needing two wins to get to six and craig stevenson covered the game for al.com and Craig, thanks for joining us this morning. The first question I have, and we'll get to the game in a second, uh, I'm concerned a lot about the quarterback, Carter Bradley, leaving the game with what was talked about, being a knee injury. Do you know much more about his status right now, what with the game coming up Thursday?
9: No, I don't really know anything yet. Thanks for having me, Lee. Um, You know, he limped off. He, He had to be helped out by trainers, obviously, which is never a good sign, and you know, Kane Womack seemed pretty positive after the game, but obviously they'll have all kinds of you know the imaging done and all that sort of thing. Uh, it looked pretty dicey, in particular, like you said, with the game coming up Thursday. So I think it's just something that we'll have to monitor all week, and probably I would guess would be like a game time decision type thing to see how he feels. You know, they did say he'd been dealing with it for quite a while, and there were a couple of times early in the year where he'd take a hit and get up limping a little bit. Um, so it could be just kind of a recurring thing. But yeah, it looked uh, it didn't look good. And uh, obviously that puts him in a real bind if he's not able to go on Thursday because Troy's got the best defense in the Sun Belt Conference probably. And, uh, you know, you'd be throwing uh, somebody to the Wolves in that game.
2: Craig, uh, I don't know how else to say it, so I'm just going to ask. What the hell happened on Saturday, man? We were talking about going into the game on Friday. We are talking about this roller coaster season, and we were doing our yeah. picks, and I kept saying... Man, they're high. Uh, do they? Does it go for one more week or do, or do they bottom out? And I went with them, and of course, they bottomed out. It's just like anytime they seem to get any momentum, it just, it, the, the bottom falls out.
9: Yeah. You, you're taking this personally, Mark, but that's okay because a lot of people are. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they, uh, it's just what they are, man. I don't know even know what else to say. The, yeah, they got completely outplayed. They were, you know, you can see in some of the earlier games that they lost, well, they make a play here, a play there. You know they gotta, they can, you know, make it closer or win. But this game, they just got, they just got beat from the jump, man. Louisiana dominated at the line of scrimmage. They just could not protect Carter Bradley. He took a ton of hits, got sacked five times, and he fumbled three times, which obviously is just disastrous when that happens. One of which was returned for a touchdown. Uh, they went for it on a fourth and one early in the yeah. game, in the ten yard line, didn't get it. And after that, man, it just seemed like they, it, it, it just flipped on them. They did make a run to get back in the game uh, to make it uh, I guess it was 20-14 to 14, and then Louisiana ran a, uh, busted a 56-yard run right up the middle. I mean, it just seemed like every time they looked like they had some life they would just, they just played terrible. I mean, they played the worst game of the year, I think and uh, obviously it was a bad time for it. They had a real chance to be uh, in, the, in the mix for the Sun Belt West to make the battle for the Belt on Thursday into a huge game, even bigger than it normally is because it would have been a battle for first place but now you're just kind of hoping you uh, you can win a couple and get some help because uh, you know Louisiana at least has the tiebreaker on them now.
3: Craig Stevenson AL.com. The, the thing they're playing for also is to get to a bowl this year. They need two wins. Yeah. How do you size right. up their chances for that in the remaining four games?
9: I think they will beat Arkansas State. Um, you know, which is the next home game on November 11th. Marshall comes in here on the 18th and they got a shot, you know, they got a real good shot to beat them. Marshall has kind of flattened out. Their, their top running back got hurt and that has really taken a lot out of them. I don't see them winning at Troy. Uh, based, You know, Texas State, um, you know, that's the last game of the year and, uh, you know, I'm not real confident in their chances right now based on what we've seen. You know, if the team that went to Oklahoma State shows up, obviously, they got a chance to beat anybody. But yeah, even if they get to six and six though, I think there are golly like eight or nine Sunbelt teams that have four, five or six wins right now. Uh, not counting James Madison, which is not eligible. And, you know, there's only six guaranteed bowl slots for us. The Jags are sitting there at six and six and you know, maybe Louisiana or somebody from the other side has got six or seven wins, they may not be in a bowl. You know, I mean it's just the way it is and I think they may need to get to seven to get to a bowl, but right now, man, it's hard to see seven wins out of this team based on what we've seen uh, when they play teams that are close to them in talent.
2: You know, it's funny because you look at their schedule, and you know, I, as you as you said, I kind of taking it personally, but this is a team where Tulane was the better team, so that was the L. Yeah. It, it but but they they beat Oklahoma State, so you're kind of back to even because that's probably a game you looked at going into the season, saying there's no way they win that, and that was an impressive win. Other than Central Michigan being a game you really needed, I mean, no one's shocked they lost to James Madison, right? So, I guess when you look at the schedule, you're looking at Central Michigan, you're looking at Louisiana's head scratchers.
9: That's true, yeah. I thought going into the season, they would probably lose to Tulane and probably lose to James Madison. I thought they would have a chance to beat Oklahoma State, and I didn't think they'd win by 26, obviously. but. Um, Yeah, you know, the the Central Michigan game obviously is a huge. Just kills you because that's not a very good team and they let that one get away. And Louisiana to just get completely outplayed by a team that, you know, we we remember Louisiana, you know, Billy Napier left for Florida and he took everything with him. I mean, including players and they really had to bounce, you know, bring that program back from the dead in less than two years. Really good job by Michael the that coach. And they, they could have beaten Georgia State too the week before. But yeah, it's it's disappointing, man. I mean, you know, this team does not handle adversity very well. It seems like any time they get down, they, they just go into a shell because they, you know, every game that they've won, really, they've dominated from the beginning. Um, and with the exception of Southeastern Louisiana, which is an FCS team. But, you know, it's hard to be able you know, you're 40 something games into the, or 30 something games into the Kane tenure to be saying that, you know, I don't know if that's a good sign.
3: So four games remaining, obviously the big question mark, and I guess you'll find out more today during the South Alabama press conference about Carter Bradley. Do you see changes in the lineup, whether it be offense, defense, in the trenches or so forth to try to, you know, change the way things are going?
9: I don't really know what you can do at this point. You know, they've had some key guys get hurt. I think they're putting their best players on the field. I mean, maybe they can change up the offensive line. But, again, I don't really see I think the best guys are playing. I'm not really sure what they can do. You know, the quarterback situation, obviously, is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, what do you do? If Carter Bradley can't go, what do you do? Because you, you've got Desmond Trotter, who's an experienced guy, who was a starter for, you know, all the 2020 season, basically, and, and you know, sporadically here and there. But he's really limited as a thrower. Uh, you know, he can run the ball pretty well, but just the downfield passing game doesn't really help. He doesn't really help the downfield passing game. And, and Troy's defense is just, man, they're, they are really solid. They, they had some questions at linebacker coming into the year, but, uh, you know, it kind of it seems like they've solved that. And then you got Gio Lopez, who's a true freshman, who's played a little bit here and there, has a lot of ability. He's the quarterback of the future. But, man, do you want to throw him into that situation on the road at Troy on a short week, I don't know. I mean, it's it's really tough. You kind of hope Carter Bradley can get it out. But if he's immobile, Troy's defensive front will eat him alive, man. They can get to the quarterback about as well as anybody in the conference. It's,
3: it doesn't matter after the, the game, but, you know, the, the, the five turnovers, was that mostly on Bradley or just because he had no help from his team? Because sometimes with interceptions, the receiver goes the wrong way. Sometimes on these fumbles, you know, he's getting crashed in by players who weren't protected. How did how did you size that up?
9: Yeah, I, I, the three he did fumble three times, as I said, and he, they were all on sacks. A couple of them were he was just crushed from the blind side. There was one maybe where he looked like he was trying to do too much and 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 fumbled the ball because he wasn't really protecting it. The two interceptions, the game was basically over by that time, and they had to throw the ball on every play and. Uh, Louisiana just was sitting back there with eight guys deep. One of them was a tipped ball that a guy dove an interception. So I don't really know if that's on Bradley necessarily. The offensive line did not protect him very well at all, and uh, he did all he could do. I mean, he threw for three hundred and eighty yards, but uh, you know the offense was real. Other the turnovers obviously were terrible. You know they had five hundred yards of offense, and it just seemed like you know putting. Putting the defenses in short fields really really hurt, and you know, they could not get off the field defensively on third down. You know, Louisiana had a couple of third and eleventh and third and sevens as they converted, and they just they just they just handled them at the at the line of scrimmage, and you know weren't really counted most.
2: He's Craig Stevenson. He covers uh, South Alabama for AL.com. You can follow him on uh, Twitter X whatever at Craig Stevenson at C R E G. And Steven with, Stevenson with a pH alright so some guy named Joey Jones got inducted to the Hall of Fame uh, yeah, yeah uh, probably way overdue always a big fan of what Joey did uh, and uh, just your thoughts on what what he was able to do and accomplish at his time as the head coach at South Alabama
9: yeah it really is remarkable obviously they take that program from nothing I know you guys were around them too and uh, you know they basically he got hired. They didn't even have a football building. They didn't even have a football, you know, and he had to do all of that building <laughs> from the ground up. And, and yeah. uh, you know, they, they seemed like they did it the right way where they were playing some lower division teams to kind of build some momentum within the program. Obviously, the on-campus stadium was his dream, and, you know, that was realized after he was gone. Uh, in terms of how long it took him to get to the Hall of Fame, I think sometimes that sort of thing depends on availability. And, you know, he's had obviously been – doing some other jobs or whatever and maybe wasn't available to come back. I don't know, but he is the first football inductee into the Hall of Fame, which is really cool.
2: Craig, we appreciate it, man. Always good to have you on. Tell everybody how they can continue to follow your coverage of the Jags.
9: AL.com slash USA, and I'll be at Troy on Thursday night to see uh, which South Alabama team shows up, I guess.
2: Well, we'll be we'll be waiting to see, what you, see what, what you tell us all about it. Hey, man, thank you so much. We'll be in touch. All right. See you. That's Craig Stevenson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to tell you guys, we're out here at Wing Fingers. They got some new things going on that you need to be ready for. Not only the holidays are coming up, uh, tailgating, they uh, now are offering platters here at Wing Fingers. You can get a chicken tenders platter, 20 tenders, thirty-four ninety-nine. Also, legendary Baumhauer's wing platter—you can get 24 wings for 29.99. So they're offering a number of different things for you. It's great for the holidays, great for the uh, the tailgating. And I only bring up the holidays, Lee, because I know your favorite. The, the weather's going to drop, man. You you look pumped. You look you look thrilled. Oh
3: yeah, when when I heard that report that it drops what to 30 degrees on Thursday morning when we're out at Davidson High School, yeah, I just can't wait. Pull out every uh, warm coat I have. Yeah. Uh, so you actually have to double up on the sweatshirts this oh, week? Oh, absolutely! This uh, will be raiding the uh, closet for sure. You dressing up for uh, Halloween tomorrow? No. no, I don't go out on Halloween. We got enough candy to feed two neighborhoods. Mm. Want to come by? Actually, it sounds like I do. Do you have name brand or what are we doing here? Name brand. Really? Yeah, we got. She went out and she's got the Rice Krispie treats. Uh, she's got. Ooh. So <laughs> she buys a bag of candy. Which says can feed up to 135 people, right? Then she buys another one. Like, what? We're gonna get 135 people coming to our house? I don't think so. So, do you give like one piece per? No, we'll give more than one. We're no. She do we have loves, full-size candy bars at the I House? I don't think they are. I haven't seen the pack no. yet. But I, right now, it's the Rice Krispies that are out. Waiting for you. Okay. I, if I was come, if I was coming in tomorrow, I would bring you some. So you'll have to wait till Wednesday because I'm sure we'll have leftovers. Right.
2: Well, you know, me and
3: my girlish figure are trying to maintain a, a certain I number of calories. To to like I don't think you have to worry oh, about Rice Krispie treats. They're like bite sized I don't think you have to worry about putting weight on. Yeah. All right. One
2: final segment of the day. We'll set the table for the. As you can hear, tomorrow Halloween, a lealless edition of the show. Uh oh. <laughs> oh. good well, show to miss Um, for you yes for for the listeners absolutely not I it's, not. it's must listen to radio alright uh, we'll set the table for the rest of the day as well uh, and a reminder we'll tell you where we're going to be a week from today looking forward to that it's going to be a lot of fun one final segment here it's the opening kickoff Monday morning quarterback style from Baumhauer's wing fingers don't go anywhere
4: Hi, this is Monty Burke, author of Sabin, The Making of a Coach. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM.
2: One final segment of the day. Hope you and yours have a great Monday. Uh, I want to thank the fine folks here at Wing Fingers for having us out. As always, a reminder, you couldn't come out during our show and grab some breakfast. They got a great lunch and dinner menu. And, of course, uh, you can always uh, come by and register for those Alabama LSU tickets today, tomorrow, and through part of Wednesday. We will announce the winner on Thursday. Speaking of the week, we're back in studio tomorrow. Sans Lee Cervanian, and on Wednesday but then we're on the road for a number of days the Dr. Christopher Fromonix High School game day takes us to Davidson on Thursday on Friday we head to Theodore big 6a region 1 clash we were going for obvious reasons Steve mask against st. Paul's now, but there's a lot on the line here in 6a region 1 so we'll be in Theodore on Friday and then a week from today in Air Sports 1, we will be on the campus of South Alabama in, uh, ahead of the season opening games, both women and men, against the University of Mobile. The basketball program is getting started, so we'll preview of that, and of course we'll recap all the weekend's action. Football, it's going to be a great show. Looking forward to getting out to South.
3: You already mentioned a qualifier for the uh, Name It. How about, did we get a winner on the Chick-fil-A? Just I curious. It was a baseball not. question. We did not. All right. Well, that means you guys are going to benefit. And the, since you're not going to be you know, right. in studio tomorrow and I'm going back to the studio, you should probably just give that to it's, me and I'll take it. You're going to get it. Uh, Max Muncy was the answer. We had the walk-off home run by Garcia Friday night. And Muncy go back to, I think it was 2018 in an 18-inning game. Finished the game with a walk-off home run uh, for the Dodgers win over the Red Sox. So, Got a lot to talk about tomorrow. You got the, well, I I know you're not going to delve too deep into it, but Game 3 of the World Series. Uh,
2: Bronner and I are going to do like three segments on the World Series.
3: I I can imagine.
2: Bronner and I were thinking over the weekend, all right, Lee's not going to be here. It's finally our chance to talk some baseball. So we've lined up (laughs) two baseball guests an hour. We have six guests on baseball
3: alone. April Fool. All right, uh, moving on, uh, obviously uh, previewing the uh, college football playoff poll. Got that game tonight between the Raiders and the Lions, and we're always going to be talking about LSU-Alabama. And let's not forget uh, Auburn at Vanderbilt now. So,
2: Bronner, what, uh, what, which one of those topics you want to discuss tomorrow? You want to talk a lot of baseball? Is that what you want to do?
5: Well, we're definitely having Dan Jennings on, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, well, anytime we can get him on when Lee's not here, it's a good thing. We can finally get to talk to him. Better hurry. He's leaving for uh, Europe on that, Wednesday. That's what uh, he, he said told he was going to
5: make time for Mark and I.
2: Yeah, he okay. said he was delaying his flight uh and to let him know. He said he's available whenever.
5: Just for us though. And he's coming Just in the for studio. Us, for
2: you. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Um and we told Bernie, go today. We don't want to throw him off. But Bernie's gonna come back tomorrow. <laughs> and, and we'll talk about more baseball. Well, if, as long as
3: you go on baseball, where's Blake Stein? We're well, I didn't uh, you didn't let me finish. We're having a Blake's coming in two seconds. Well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Get Joe Godfrey on the phone too. We're gonna get him on. You know where Joe would really be good on? What's that? Jim Harbaugh. You think? Well, you think yeah. he's opinionated on that guy?
3: Uh, yeah, I do. Mhm, I do. It's, might maybe worth looking into later. That would this be week. the All Lee lineup
2: right there, Bronner.
3: Yeah, it'd be worth uh, looking into. I, in fact, I'm gonna call Joe and ask him about that. Lee's dreams. Or you show. know
2: what we could do, Bronner? Because it's Halloween, we could just leave the side door of WNSP open and say, anybody that wants to come in and sit with us for a segment. The doors open Does literally. Have
3: a costume on or no?
2: No costume. No costume. In fact, I probably need to see the guy that's 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 potentially going to come in and rob me. Are now you going to g- sit With Michael or with you? No, he's definitely sitting. He's sitting with you. He's sitting with you, Bronner.
5: Are you going to wear a costume tomorrow, Mark? Should I? I don't even know if I have one. Mark's going to impersonate
3: a broadcaster. I'm going to I'm going to dress up <laughs> like Lee. I'll dye my hair white.
2: I'll throw on a Colorado sweatshirt. <laughs> And we're going to do eight segments of baseball.
3: I Can't believe how many people think I got this because of what the football program is doing. This was bought well before Deion Sanders. Bronner, you over. wearing a are
5: you wearing a costume tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to grab the Robertsdale sweatshirt out of Lee's closet. That's my favorite one. Okay, we'll both be Lee. All right,
2: we'll both be Lee. Yikes, that's
3: quite the uh, that's quite. Michael, the you had another uh, thriller this past week, huh? Another close game.
5: Yeah, you know, we were we were uh, hoping that <laughs> that Theodore would give Saraland a fight, and it was 35 the nothing midway through the first Jared, second.
3: Jared quarter. had the better game, and the Saint Paul's game was actually one of the better. Aside from the Saint Michael's win, there weren't many close games, but he had a he had a good one with uh, Baldwin County that did not get to be one sided till late in the game.
5: Yeah, Baldwin County's had a nice season. They've kind of made a habit of uh, playing a lot of teams close.
2: Yeah, well, um, there's a couple of good ones this week as we get down to it. Really uh, good a one on of, uh, Friday. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to getting back into the high school stuff, but Alabama, LSU, it's going to be a good one. What else? I mean, we talked Is there? Any, uh, I know this past weekend wasn't great when it came oh, to college absolutely football. Absolutely not. We got some better ones this week. I haven't even looked. Yes.
3: Uh, well, I don't know how close you think Georgia, Missouri will be. There, obviously, CBS is trying to play this up they have it a triple be. header they have a game starting at 11 then they got the 230 georgia missouri and then of course top by the alabama lsu game you know i got really concerned uh i was looking at some odds mark and they had the alabama lsu game at 230 and i'm thinking wait a second did something happen that i wasn't aware of because there's a lot of moving parts you know with that time but as i double checked it's still a, a seven o'clock i mean kickoff notre dame at clemson no no, I, didn't. I was trying. I a How about A&M and
2: Ole Miss? That one might be. Uh, that's yeah, a good. That one. might be pretty. Yeah, good.
3: Clemson has just fallen by the wayside, um, and I even looked through the schedule to try to pick up some games, but it's not even. We don't even have a really good Pac-12 clash. You know, in other words, among the 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 elite. You know, they got there, and then who knows? I mean, heck, Stanford gave Washington a run for its money this past week. So, and California almost upset Southern Cal. Washington at USC. I just don't. I mean, maybe earlier this year, I might have been a little more excited about that. I kind of fell off the wagon on that when I saw that, and I fell off the wagon. Yeah, I did. I hurt my hip. USC Uh, is horrible. well the, the <laughs> offense is pretty good michael it's the defense
5: i've been saying it since like i've been saying it for like five weeks they were te- they were not a real yeah, contender just goes in that to conference. show you nobody
3: listens to you
5: uh, i guess so uh, i don't know no one, I, try, I tried to tell everyone and no one wanted to listen all to right. right we're listening today i appreciate that i, I as music, for uh as for clemson by the way Oh boy! Saw a tweet over the weekend that said uh, Dabo might be returning to Alabama, not as head coach, but as an analyst. I mean, they're four and four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as an analyst, what, yeah. what a mess that that team wow. is. <laughs>
3: yeah. All right, what do we got going on? Uh, oh, you got. Uh, Travis Ryer, he'll talk about Alabama, obviously, and LSU. Jerry Palm give you h- his preview on what the uh, committee's going to do. Uh,
2: yeah, oh, so by the way, uh, Bronner, I hate to burst your bubble already. I know Lee won't be here, but the whole second hour is booked already, just so, just so you know.
5: <laughs> well, maybe I'll get to ask some questions. Who knows?
2: Well, let's not get crazy. <laughs> One thing at a time, baby steps.
5: Jerry All Palm right. is going to love me.
3: Mm, okay. Yeah, try to try to tone down your enthusiasm, okay, tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, he is a guest, and he's taking time to join us, and he doesn't really need your criticism.
5: Oh, I'm not going to criticize him, but uh, you know, we're going to we're going to we're going to have a chat. Maybe I'll take
3: the segment off.
2: <laughs> It'll be like baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Go out and grab a hot dog and a beer. Yeah. It is Halloween, after all. Stranger things have Let's happened. What's
3: uh, the weirdest costume you've ever worn when you were traveling the byways of New Orleans on Halloween when you were young? The weirdest, like the strangest, strangest. Yeah, a- away from the beaten path. In other words, uh, I
2: was always I was kind of status quo. In fact, uh, by the way, we'll, we'll have to play a little. Uh, I get to play. Uh, we get to play DJ tomorrow, not you. So. Uh, We'll have to dig deep into the old WNSP vault. All right, we're all out of time. Uh, Bronner, I will see you in a little bit. Uh, for Lee Shervanian, I'm Mark Heim. That does it for the Monday morning quarterback edition of the opening kickoff. Our thanks to the fine folks here at Baumhauer's Wing Fingers. We're back at it from the studios of WNSP tomorrow at 6 a.m. Until then,
1: see you.